time has come to make a choice. It's time. I know what goes on behind the doors. I know because I saw it. I lived it. He is gone. I'm into some kinky stuff. What? D. Snyder Radio. I told you. Yeah, but- D. Snyder. Where's my autograph book? Okay, stop talking. Get in, sit down, shut up, and hold on. Can I please say one more thing? Ladies and gentlemen, D. Snyder. Let's play. do their homework <laughs> yes did your assignment Beth I did are you prepared to discuss it with the class I sure am did you like I know it was short but you did look good thank you thank you no Isn't autographs it? please no autographs if you can just slow <laughs> the tape down and put it on a loop damn good shot <laughs> thank you Dark side kind of dark side you got a shot too yeah sort of like of Bo- full body shot kind of yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. cool and how the hell did Mudbone get in there? We've never <laughs> seen him. I know. I haven't seen the kid in weeks. <laughs> yeah, he's on there like, how you doing? <laughs> we should have known. <laughs> I didn't remember. I should have remember being there that day. And Nick's completely obliterated by a glare on the glass. <laughs> yeah, you hear my laugh. <laughs> and this Mudbone standing there was smiling. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was just—I swear I'm sitting there going, he was there? It's like that picture in the office where he computerly put him, computer graphically put himself into the photo, you know? Right. It's like, how the hell did he get there? He paid somebody some money probably. He was here at 10 after 6 that morning. He knew what was going on. <laughs> we haven't seen him since before <laughs> yeah, 10 o'clock right. in the morning. <laughs> you and Sean glare on the glass, mud bone, all teeth and eyes. I mean, <laughs> 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 I have <laughs> <laughs> he's standing there. <laughs> Don't you people, we never see this guy. <laughs> you think he's like full on part of the team. But, but he has other responsibilities, let's be fair. I mean, he works for a lot of the stations here, but it's pretty funny that sure managed to make his mark in that two seconds. What's up? <laughs> uh, good morning, everybody. Yes. Yes, we'll be discussing behind the music, of course. I'm very curious to hear. Well, I'm starting to read some of the mail. And uh, <laughs> and uh, quite a reaction from the people. You guys had fun last night, Dark Side? Yeah, it was a good time. Had a blast. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. <laughs> yeah. 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 Was that was it off the hook? Uh, yeah, it got a little out of control, I think, for what they're used to on a Sunday night. But uh, you'll be happy to know that a lot of peeps showed up. And uh, we kind of brought in the rest of the bar to our little party. So it was cool. I got lucky because I was flipping, happened to be flipping around TV at around 10.58 in the morning, and they showed the thing at 11 a.m. Yes, sister, the sneak preview, that's right, that's when I saw it. I didn't didn't have to stay up. (laughs) Somebody, you know what, I should have apologized for not calling you, but somebody sent me an email, a friend of mine, it was the whole schedule for the week, and I'm looking at the schedule, and it says 11 a.m., and I said... 
11 a.m.? Because I was the same thing, worried about staying up. You know, that. I mean, of course, I'm worried about it, mm-hmm. but I like to get my sleep for the show. And uh, sure enough, they had a sneak preview on at 11 in the morning, which was kind of nice. So I kind of got to see it before most people got to see it. And uh, the phone starts ringing off the hook, although the calls started coming in already at home, talking about, you know. But most of my family, well, actually, they're, they're, they're probably hiding because they never know what I'm going to say about them. Uh, but I was, you know, I've spared them pretty much in this, <laughs> in this uh, event. And I kind of gave them a heads up. I said, you know, you can come back from Maine because really I did, nobody gets hurt in the family, really. <laughs> and uh, but most of them didn't see it. But anyways, I know we're gonna good morning, about everybody. It I'll just say Yes, we will thing. talk about it. what? Mark Mendoza freaks me out. He freaks you out? Uh-huh. Uh, it's in, in what way? Just he's a little scary. He's, a little, he's kind of a big scary guy, right? He's got some scary things to say. Well, it's not, just know this: it doesn't freak me out at all. <laughs> all right. <laughs> I may have been limping. He'd be crawling. <laughs> all right. All right. Just remember that. Okay. Hey, good morning, everybody. We got a lot going. On. Hey, forget my behind the music. Dark Side Days behind the music starts today. Moonchild. <laughs> right now, it's time for Sean's Choice on D-Signer Radio, Radio 104. Let's kick it with Nickelback. Never made it as a wise man. Nah, D-Signer. Nah. D-Signer Radio, Radio 104. I thought they were heavier, Nickelback. I think some of their songs are. I think it's yeah. like the 80s all over again where everybody has to have the ballad D. Uh-oh. <laughs> Is that new? No, didn't even Limp Biscuit, the one they did with uh, the guy from Stain. That was semi-balladish. Wait a minute, he didn't do anything but hold up a freaking <laughs> lighter. And <laughs> their name on there. Give it up, y'all! <laughs> <laughs> Something like that. That ain't a duet. <laughs> Certainly not in the old school it was it. Paul McCartney couldn't get away with that. Uh, so is this a new record for Nickelback? Yes, yeah, their brand new one. Oh, okay. So they're they're uh, doing what? I thought it is back selling out. It was really popular in the eighties. Sister <laughs> Christian out, sure. can't be far behind. Yeah, I remember no. selling out. Yeah, sure. <laughs> Talked about that uh, yesterday. Sort of. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. Um, well, that's how you're always you're always hooked into the new stuff there, Sean. There, I see. You know, you're always bringing in the new music. I like a lot of the, some of the new stuff, you know. Wouldn't be because Todd um, tells you to use your choice to play new music. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, no, it's a sucking sound I hear coming from Todd's <laughs> office. <laughs> no, I just you know I hear a good song, I want to play it. Isn't that odd, Beth? Don't you think it's odd? I find it strange. <laughs> we were all picking these like yeah, sort of old tracks, obscure tracks, and every week he plays like the new edition, our latest <laughs> ad at the station. <laughs> oh, I really like it. Todd, I, I mean, I mean, Sean, I want you to play something from our current playlist. Each time it's your choice. Yes, Todd, I will. No, it's not like that at all. Oh, Todd, what's in it for me? Let me just open up my fly. Oh. <laughs> oh. <laughs> no. Sorry, <Beth>. Disgusting. <laughs> Sean's thinking, I'll outlast them all. <laughs> Watch yes. me. <laughs> they win by attrition. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, God. It's <laughs> oh, gross. <laughs> that was pretty gross, Dark Side. It was a real sweetheart. <laughs> 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 That's taken out of context. <laughs> 
jump into Monday with both feet. <laughs> yes, yes. Oh, why wait? Why wait? Here we go. I'm just trying to go through all the mail here. Ah, and uh, it's great. I mean, really great reaction. It sounds like you guys had fun last night. It's quite a party. Uh, people were quite enthralled to see. They thought I was, apparently people thought I was kidding, Beth. I don't know why. Do you know what I'm talking about? About your difficult times? Well, not, no, that, that part. I don't think they thought I was kidding about that. The outfits I used to wear. Oh, hmm. hello, The things I used to wear. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> did you think I was lying? Darkside was absolutely horrified after seeing you in the leather strap outfit. Ugh. Absolutely <laughs> horrified. The kids' yeah, that's jaw was on the, the best the reaction. But I mean, yeah. everything old is new again. Marilyn Manson is still busting out outfits just like that, Dee. I was like Manson was I was a fetus and I was doing that yeah. stuff. <laughs> okay. So I mean but I mean I tell everybody this I don't understand people. <laughs> Again, this comes back to the same thing all the time. I say I used to wear hot pants and stockings and garters and lingerie and then they see me in the same clothes, they go, Oh my god, what are you wearing? I don't know why. I told you. I was, why do you think I was tell you think I made it up or something? <laughs> did they think that it's a cool thing to say you did? I do, but uh, <laughs> I, I do, man. I look back at people. A lot of people look back at stuff like that in shame. I look back, I go, holy man, I was insane. <laughs> you have no idea how many fights I got. Well, maybe you do. But if you, maybe if, you do. If you're going to make up something that you did, I don't think it would be that. Yeah, yeah, yeah definitely not. That, I, that's not the first thing that I think of to make up. And then why would you lie about something like that anyway? To sound cool? It's not it's like I guess that's what you're saying. It's not like right. it's a traditionally cool thing. That everybody, I may go. I think it's cool, but not the average person who's like, "Wow, yeah, I used to wear garters right on." You can't even look at him, can you, Dave? No, oh, I, I was <laughs> so freaked out, dude. Give I was thinking kiss. to myself, like, "Oh my god, I got to look at this guy tomorrow morning." Give me a kiss. No, this is a, give me a big well. Yeah. Give me a big hairy bastard. Come on, <laughs> come on. It's time. Let's break down the walls. <laughs> you and me now, right here on the table. <laughs> Bend over, I'll drive you home. <laughs> here, let me push your stool in. Let me push your stool in for you, dark side. <laughs> yeah. Oh God, oh, oh, come on. <laughs> I quit. So homophobic. Seriously, <laughs> last night the kid's face was white after that, and I thought in the beginning I was like, yeah, okay, whatever. But um, that stuck with him for the rest for another hour or so <laughs> until I, you know, said goodbye to him last night. He's like. Dude, that's heft off that costume. <laughs> no, I, mean, I wasn't I really even phased by it. No, I just I, you know what? I started kind of laughing. Bex pictures. I seen the pink and black outfit, the whole nine yards like that. But when when he, I saw a picture of him on stage with that, just one piece of leather cradling his crotch, I was freaked <laughs> out. Should I tell him the truth? I thought you looked. You guys the truth? I thought you looked pretty, D. Thank you, sweetie. <laughs> Thank you, doll. You if that's the look too. you were going for. Yes, I did. Yes, I was. <laughs> Uh, should I tell him the truth, Beth? Uh, yeah, about sure. That outfit? Should I put everybody's mind at ease? Okay. Are you insane? Suzette made those outfits for me. That was a, they were flesh-colored suit. Yeah, I knew that you were and wearing all the, pants. And all the straps were connected, sewed onto the suit. Really? Yeah, it was a full body suit. I'm not out of my mind. <laughs> I don't know. We're sitting. Oh, in the, my, I don't know. Well, that it was designed to. It was designed to appear in the lights as if I was just wearing the, the straps, but it was also to 
a a white suit, a full sleeves, long the whole bodysuit. <laughs> <laughs> well, I didn't say. I wish somebody told me that last night. I'd had a better time after that. <laughs> well, it's jumping around. I was doing up there, and nothing would have been left to the imagination. You're <laughs> They were on the floor. It felt a bit drafty. <laughs> no kidding. Yeah, it was a full suit. Uh, Suzette will be happy to know it worked. It did work. Yeah. It was great. But yeah, I used to just have to run backstage and like throw that thing on for that song when we would do it. And I was like, you pull a whole suit on. I did, well, some of those harness and stuff, but not ones where I looked like I was wearing nothing but straps. That was, uh, that was a suit. Okay? Mm-hmm. Easier now? I'm all right now. <laughs> I just made that up. <laughs> Good call. Yeah, you know, that's fun. I don't want the kid freaking out or anything. I like saw that. him typing up his resignation this morning. <laughs> I no longer feel comfortable working. <laughs> I feel this falls under the sexual harassment clause in my contract. Sure, it was 20 years ago, but I feel harassed. All right, let's take a break. Come back. Um, you know what? We will, we'll, uh, we've got a lot to do today. A lot of giveaways. We want to get to talking about Twisters Behind the Music. Obviously, a lot of people tuned into that Moonchild Behind the Music. Um, hmm, that's interesting. I'm trying to figure out. Of course, we'll have news. Yeah, you asked me if I'm comfortable with this list. No. <laughs> we'll discuss it during the commercial. And there we go here. Oh, we want to talk about our weekend. So I'm sure everybody did something besides watch Behind the Music. Anybody? Anybody? We'll find out <laughs> when we return with more D Snyder Radio. <laughs> Stick around, everybody. It's Radio 104. Radio 104. What is this, an idiot? I've heard voices. That makes sense to me. D Snyder Radio. Can you give me an example of that? Radio 104. We have a very special guest for you tonight. And now back to D Snyder Radio. Hope you enjoy this. So stick around on Radio 104. Start of a very crazy week. I think I have to check my schedule. This is this the weekend that I'm, that I'm going out to the uh, Minnesota State Fair? I don't something? know. Is yeah. it this weekend? I think mm. it's this weekend. Got to go out there. Oh, you know, it's playing DLR. I told you. Yeah. Diamond Dave. Tell him I said hello. I'm going out there to make an appearance. So, but anyway, but that's later in the week. Today, I got to go to. New York, I told you about that. I'm, I'm doing a voice for a new PlayStation uh, 2 game. My kids are stoked. Found out the game's called Jack and, da- and Daxter, the Precursor Legacy. Okay. I thought Shane was going to pass out when he heard me say <laughs> that. He's like, oh my God. I- Shane's usually pretty calm. Oh my God. It's the game everybody's talking about. I said, your dad's going to be on there talking to you. I'll try to slip in. You know, you clean your room, but I'll throw it in there if I can. So I'm going to meet them in the city today and so they can sit in on the sessions. Because that's kind of, they don't really appreciate any of the rock and roll stuff. They're more like, this This hits home for them, you know. We do stuff like that. And we've got a lot of giveaways, by the way. I don't want to just talk about wonderful me as usual. Uh, today we got passes to Lime Rock Park. Still ongoing. It's the vintage car show that's going on on August 31st, I believe. Yeah, Labor Day weekend. Uh, more Twisted Forever CDs to give away. 
Oh, here's something brand spanking new. Voices of Metal tickets. Gotta say metal. Pronounce it properly. Voices of Metal. Okay, wow. Stephen Piercy within spitting distance. Nicholas. Yeah. You thinking of going to the show? I gotta go to that show. <laughs> I have to go to that you show. You know. You know he's gonna do all your favorites. It's, not, it's just him with a bunch of backup guys calling himself Rat, which I don't know if that's exactly right to do. And I know his bandmates are suing him. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, but as far as you're concerned, I mean, I'm pretty sure that the band that he gets could, you know, make it sound pretty good and Steven's going to have the voice. Yeah, that's what I need, the voice. That's all I need. I just want to warn you, last time I saw him, he was a little bloated and lethargic. <laughs> <laughs> I don't care what he looks like, do you? I mean, he's got to give me that voice. That would be cool. I can't wait. Hello, handsome! <laughs> Come on, he's got to give a taste, Dark Side. You got to give him something to hold on to. It. Yeah, as long as the band can handle this, which, I mean, this is tough stuff, you know he what I mean? He needs to run his ass around the block a few times. That is such an awful way to be described. Bloated what? and lethargic. <laughs> <laughs> he was shuffling. He was doing the Aussie shuffle out there on the stage last time I saw him. And he, and he was pretty, like, you know, spry. <laughs> it was, yeah, you say spry for an old guy. What do you say when you're younger? Just, you know, energetic, mm -hmm. definitely, you know. Bounding around the stage. Here I am! <laughs> flicking that finger and flicking it. You see that thing, the flick? You can, yeah, listen. I'll tell you, his voice sounds good, though. Oh, cool. As long as he's yeah. got this, that's cool. Be hanging out there. If he's conscious. <laughs> uh, it'll, it's going to be a good show, though. Uh, <laughs> uh, I just want to get to a couple reactions here before we get it. We have a traffic update for you, of course. And then we'll get into some weekend action. Um, our discussion on uh, on Vibe Behind the Music and Dark Side Dave's Moonchild Behind the Music all this week. So you want to stick around for that, okay? <sighs> okay, this is it. Uh, yodeling. This is very interesting. Remember, I told my my yodel my experience in the Alps with the yodelers. <laughs> yes. And how they clammed up the minute I walked in the journey. I remember. Well, Curtis von Hurtis wrote in to say, "At last, my mind is at ease. D, you're not alone. While on my honeymoon in 1995, my wife and I were hiking outside of Zermatt in the Swiss Alps. We both became thirsty and tired. And decided to go get a drink at a fun-sounding bar. Sound familiar?" Yeah. Where loud yodeling was emanating from the inside. As our first steps hit the floor of the bar, the yodeling and all the noise stopped and all eyes became fixed upon us and lasted until we became very uneasy and decided to leave. As soon as we were outside, the yodeling started again. That's exactly what happened with me. I feel he says he says we you know we never understood that it wasn't us until it was them until you told the story on Thursday's morning show. Likewise, Curtis, thanks for sharing that, man. I'm, wow, <laughs> that's pretty funny. They don't like outsiders. I guess damn not. Swiss. You know, my mother she's so effed it up for me. She's so effed it up. See, her mom and dad are Swiss born. Her older brother and older sister are Swiss born. Born and on their way here to America, my mother was conceived and born in the U.S. All they had to do was report her birth to the authorities back home, and my mother would be considered a Swiss citizen. You know, you could have a dual citizenship. Mm -hmm. And because I was her child, her son, I could have a Swiss citizenship. You never know when that could come in handy. You know, <laughs> you're on a plane. 
terrorists are threatening. You whip out your Swiss passport. I'm Swiss. <laughs> I'm Swiss. <laughs> Swiss very new. It could come in handy. But she didn't do it. Oops. 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 Subject. Dark Side's dad. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Says, oh, this is okay. It's from Howie. Dark Side. <laughs> says, D and the rest of you should be ashamed for cracking all these jokes about Dark Side's dad's proboscis. He's a fine gentleman who has fought for this country in Vietnam. Shame on you. Shame on all of you. That's right. I also have a relative who served in Vietnam, so how he understands. My Uncle Bob tells me a story about a nose that wiped out a whole platoon of Viet Cong in one sneeze. <laughs> he didn't know the soldier's name, but they called him the Walrus. Yeah. Dark side, did you ever hear that story? Dickhead. <laughs> <laughs> Klepto says, Darkseid's dad may not know it, but having a large nose can be very beneficial. It must be nice to wake up each morning and smell the coffee in Brazil. <laughs> <laughs> These guys got to be more original than that. Yeah. <laughs> it must be wonderful to wake up in the morning and smell the coffee in Brazil. He stole that. I'm telling Total. you, they're all a Oof. bunch of thieves. Oh, man. No one is that. How's this one? Is this fresh? Um, from Eric and Waterbury. Uh, when your dad d jumps out of a plane, does he need a parachute? Yeah, that's a good one. That's, <laughs> a, that's an original. <laughs> um, does he find the best way to clean his nose is to use a shop vac? <laughs> <laughs> does he ever lose a soap when he washes his face? <laughs> that one's not too original. Yeah. <laughs> uh, um, okay, anyway, that's the last letter that's on that subject <laughs> for today. Okay, well, let's get a traffic update before we discuss our weekend. Psycho Dan. This traffic report is brought to you by Peter Pan Greyhound. Take your time. A Peter Pan or Greyhound bus leaves every hour for New York City. They'll get you there whenever you're ready. Pretty quiet out there. Not much going on. 84 east and west. Just some light traffic coming into downtown Hartford. 91 north and south. Also quiet. Route 2 is a smooth ride. New Haven looks pretty good also. 91 south. No problems there. 95 south is delay free into downtown New Haven. And traveling on Route 8 through Waterbury, it's a smooth ride. At 648, I'm Psycho Dan with this modern record for on Radio 104. Well, I am pleased to say that I had a uh, relatively uneventful weekend, and it was much needed. <clears throat> you know, I was just sitting here thinking, what did I do? And I said, oh, I did nothing, and that was kind of good. Because, as well, I was supposed to do one thing this weekend, and I got faked out. What else is new by the frickin' weather service? It is my experience that if I listen to them, they're inevitably wrong. And if I ignore them, they're right. Has anybody else noticed that? Or does that just seem like that? Some kind of Murphy's Law thing. Yeah. If I look, I'm watching, I'm supposed to come up here to Bristol, take Cody up to the Soapbox Derby on Sunday. And they're saying thunderstorms and rain all day, 70% chance. I'm checking the weather on, online. I'm checking weather all over the place. Right up to the bitter end, they're saying it's going to rain. And I need to come up the night before so I could be here because you have to get there like 6 o'clock in the morning, you know. <clears throat> and uh, so at the left, I said, all right, it looks like it's going to rain. And to, to, to come all the way up here, you know, and stay the night over. And then had to get rained out and then go all the way back to Long Island again because I want to hook up my family to watch behind the music. You know, that's a, like a waste, that's a wasted day right there. 
I mean, much as fun as it is to be with my son, you know, sitting driving in a car and riding the ferry all day is, is not a party. So um, I listened to him, and it didn't rain. No. It was over. It was was it overcast up here on Long Island? It was overcast. It but, varied. Um, there were some pretty sunny parts. Son of a <laughs> bitch! <laughs> so they faked me out, and I can't even blame Joe Fury for it. No. <laughs> Much as I love to blame Joe Fury, but it was it was Long Island and internet and all those people. Everybody said it was going to rain, and it didn't. So I hope everybody had fun. My uh, my friends, people I met. Marty Burke and his family, because Marty helps me out whenever I uh, go to the Soapbox Derby the one time I went. Oh, we're going again. We're going to make it again. Um, so I wound up staying home, but there was, it was sort of nice. We had family over, and just I just hung out at the house, you know what I mean? No watch videos, nothing crazy. Sometimes it's good just to do that mm -hmm. once in a while. What did you do? Anything interesting? I Well, Friday I had to go again for another dress fitting, which was fine. Thankfully. How's that working out? Fine. I'm done with How's that aspect of it. I like it a lot. And of course, Glenn has not seen it. No, of course not. It's against the rules. Yeah. Um, are you? Is it everything you hoped it would be? Yeah, it is. I really like it. No, I'm not sure. Well, you think I'm, I'm playing you here? No, Dark Side's playing the sound effects. Oh, oh, I'm not setting you up or anything. No, no I, I mean, I mean, uh, you know, it's every girl dreams of getting married, and they. Just sort of must mm -hmm. vision about what their dress is going to look like or something, and I'm wondering if you're happy with it. I am. It's such a huge decision. It's the <laughs> biggest clothing item you'll ever purchase, and certainly the most expensive to date. So, um, but yeah, I like it a lot. And the, and you'll wear it the least as well. Yeah, one just the once. Wear it once. And uh, th then my weekend, other than that, was really quiet too. Friday, I rented a movie that I've been trying to see for ages. Which was best in show. Have you heard of this, D? It's the dog I've heard show. About it. Oh, it's so funny. I uh, really I, I would recommend it. it. What uh, what's his name, the guy who put it all thing together? Eugene uh, Levy is in you, it no. and Christopher Guest. Christopher Guest, that's his baby. They co wrote it. it. And oh, then, did they? Um, Lenny, what's his name from Lenny and Squiggy? Um, oh yes. He plays a gay guy. Oh, it's just the whole movie is really, really funny. <laughs> I'd really recommend it. On your recommendation, oh. I will check it out. On my recommendation, do not watch, um, I think it's called Out of Bounds, the last Steven Seagal film. <laughs> yeah. Whoa, I good thing it. you told me. Yeah. <laughs> I rented it um, because, well, first of all, I'm, I'm one of the hardcore original Steven Seagal film. <laughs> when it first all... <laughs> pardon me? <laughs> it, just, it just sounds funny. I've never heard anybody say that before. Like you're not a hardcore <laughs> Seagal fan. Well, I mean... He's what, a hardcore Stallone fan. What was his first one? Above the Law? Above the Law. That I saw that way before anybody saw it. Anybody... I was in England and it was called, oh, it had a whole different name to it when I first saw it and nobody even knew about it. And I was like, wow, this guy is fresh. Obviously, his career took off and then there was a, a whole series of movies that were really strong and then they started to go downhill. <laughs> this was a little bit more back, you know, it was, it was, it was stronger than some of his recent, most recent efforts. He had lost some weight too. The bloated, <laughs> lethargic Steven Seagal as a karate expert. That was, that wasn't selling. Well, then nobody was buying that. Didn't he take to wearing just capes in his personal life? <laughs> <laughs> he, he's becoming the Marlon Brando of karate. <laughs> yes, actually. he is. Well, he trimmed back. Oh, that's good. He had a bad wig on, but he. he oh. 
but he's pulling all. T- you know, I mean, it was, so it was pretty. It wasn't. It didn't blow. Okay, so it wasn't. But I'm telling you, it was still not where you want needed to be. <laughs> so I saw that, and I saw that movie. Say it doesn't sell. I watched a couple movies. We just chilled, but I didn't go out to the theaters. And as you'll probably say in your report, not many people did go out to the theaters this yeah, weekend. Looks like a lot of younger adults did again. Um, hey, but did I call it on that? Private Latinos Piccolo or whatever, whatever it was, that Nicolas Cage movie. Have bomb sound effect ready when we talk about movies oh later, Dark Side. God. <laughs> oh, star power, baby. That's star power. It doesn't matter what the film is as long as you got a star in it. Oof. So it was quiet. Yeah, and then I just, so Friday night and Saturday night both, we went out with friends and had fun. I played some tennis. I was quiet. I have no more really quiet weekends up until the wedding, so I was glad to have one. Yes, I think I have the same schedule. Yeah. Except we're doing different things. Right. Um, so, Dark Side of Dave, what did you and the boy do this weekend? Not a whole hell of a lot. I tried the same thing. I tried renting a few movies, um, you know, just like to check them out. And I don't know, I ended up waking up on the floor somehow after a couple of beers. And that was pretty A couple much and you're on the floor? Has your tolerance gone down? Well, no, I was, uh, I don't I was probably just like, you know, I was just really tired and everything like that. You know, it's been a long couple of weeks for me, and um, I don't know. I was just, I rented I'm Gonna Get You, Sucker, and I couldn't make it through the whole thing. Oh, man. Yeah, it, it was a bummer. I wanted to really check it out. and Because I, you were wasted or because it didn't, didn't catch your interest? No, I seen it a long time ago. It's a really funny movie. Oh, it's, okay, it's okay, yeah, hell, it is but funny. No, I must have just, you know, had one too many, and next he thing I know... toe hit? <laughs> he hits his toe and it blows up? Yeah. Next thing I know, I wake up on the floor with some infomercial playing in the background. It's like, okay, time to go to bed. <laughs> Look at Nick nodding. <laughs> yeah, yeah man. There. Feel your pain. Yeah. yeah. No, that's that's about it. That was my weekend. <laughs> I, had, I am a loser. I had nothing going on. I hope you're going to cut that out before the kids old enough to really realize what's going on. <laughs> Mom, why is dad on the floor again? <laughs> <laughs> Just like walk right him. over him. Yeah. Just step over him. Yeah, <laughs> barely know it. You, you barely notice him. Yeah. So, Nick, you kept busy. Yeah, I had a really busy weekend. Uh, Friday night, I hung out with Sean. Sean from Faultline made an appearance <laughs> at, at the Brickyard. Uh, oh, my God. He was there? Yeah, well, Lee Phillips' band, uh, Fuse 5, was playing the Brickyard. And, oh, uh, Lee. Must- well, formerly of Mustangs Unlimited. Oh, yeah, yeah that's right. <laughs> and uh, Sean showed up and played a few songs with them. This and- is where it all begins! Yeah, they did, yeah. Some, they did some Twisted D, so that was pretty interesting. <laughs> Yeah. Did it rock? Uh, yeah, yeah. I thought Sean sounded really good, actually. I gotta give him credit. Sean was right on the money wow. there. Yeah. He you was know, kind you know, of... If Nick's complimented him, you must have been incredible. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, thank you, Nick. No, he, he was good, but I mean, I don't know if this is part of his act, but he holds the mic with one hand and beats his chest with his <laughs> fist with the other. And I, no. Yeah. First off, D, I'm not used to singing with just a microphone. I usually have a bass around my neck. Yeah, you guys know, like so. that usually look a little bit lost. I, I mean, I definitely feel out of place if I just have a, a microphone. I mean, well, I need something to do with my hands. You're not Tarzan, dude. What's the Planet of the Apes routine? <laughs> I don't yeah. know. You I want don't something to do with your hands? Yeah. <laughs> Why don't you do every uh, night, the same thing you do every night when you get home? <laughs> Yeah, That's so that was kind of weird. That was I thought that was a weird part of his 
act or whatever, but <laughs> it was a cool night. I had a lot of fun there. Was he beating it to make a point, or was it a repeated <laughs> I don't know. Beating? It was weird. He was in the middle of screaming and shouting and stuff, and he, he kind of like... You know, had his head back and everything with his chest sticking out and just sitting there beating it. I'm like, what's wrong with you, man? <laughs> you if, know what I mean? If, like, If anything, I was going with the drum beat or something <laughs> like that. I mean, I just don't know what to do with my hands if I don't have a bass guitar around my neck. I'm uh, used to singing, you know, singing and playing at the same I don't know. time. Your voice sounded good, but you look kind of weird, man. You really look kind of Okay, okay. <laughs> okay. Well, po- point made. Yeah. So that was a, the big night at the brickyard. Yeah, but Saturday I had to gear myself up for... For the uh, Wolcott Country Fair. <laughs> How is that? Insane. Is that, that anything was... like the Wolcott Country Fair? Yeah. <laughs> By was... the way, yeah. have we immortalized Jay from Wolcott? Um, maybe, it... but that whole. No, you know what I'm talking about? No, wow. Wasn't is that isn't that the name that I say on the? Uh, yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. I go, hey Ray, how you doing? What, Ray from Wilkie? He goes, it's Jay, actually. Yeah, and then he said something about we got an idiot working the phones <laughs> or something. Well, you know, actually, you, so that kind of worked out for you that we couldn't see you, Nick, and we just see Mudbone in there. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> Smiling. Okay, so you went to the Wilkie Country Fair. Yeah. How'd that work out? Um, that was insane. I I pull up to the entrance of the fair. And there are a couple guys there at the gate, and I open up my door without saying a word, and they're like, you must be Nick. And I'm like, yeah. Uh-oh. And they're like, we've been waiting for you. Come on, squeal. Yeah. Squeal. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm like, okay. And he's like, your tent set up in the middle. There's like 300 people waiting for you, but you got to head over to the wrestling ring. And I'm like... All right. And um, they had a huge full wrestling ring uh, set up and bleachers all around the thing. There's like a thousand people around this wrestling ring right next to a bunch of farm animals and crap. I'm wearing the mandals in there. Like, Literal, literally <laughs> crap was there? Uh <laughs> All over the place. I mean, with the cows and the horses and the ponies, there is excrement everywhere. It (laughs) smells like crap everywhere. I'm like, all right, I hope I could deal with this. People are coming up to me. This it was crazy, and then they're like, you know, we could do some guest announcing, and uh, I said, okay. Just there were eight matches and stuff, and they're like, well, how about you? how about you introduce the midgets? And I said, all right. So I introduced a few midgets, and the crowd's going crazy and everything. And I'm in the middle of it, and some woman comes up to me dressed in... Are regular. you reffing? Are yeah. you in the ring? I'm in the ring, guest announcing, yeah. So, <laughs> no, but you're not guest refereeing. No, but there's people still throwing stuff at me and crap, you know? And I was like, okay, I'm trying to deal with it. You know, there are people yelling and screaming. And this woman comes up to the ring, and I get the mic in my hand. I'm in the middle of announcing, and she's like, come here, come here. And I'm like, okay. And she goes, listen, she's like, if you could just taunt the crowd a little bit, if you wouldn't mind, one of the wrestlers is going to slam you. Is that okay? (laughs) And I said, I guess. What? Yeah. You say yes too often. Yeah. Like. I was like, okay. I'm thinking it's going to be one of the midgets. So I'm introducing <laughs> this little black dude who's like half my size, but it says he weighs 200 pounds. And there's this, there's this like five foot midget walking out. 
200 pounds walking into the ring, so I'm thinking, okay, this is the guy that's going to slam me because the guy, the other midget in the mask is trying to get my attention and stuff, so I turn my back to the black little midget, and I get a poke on my shoulder, and I turn around, and some guy larger than Dark Side Dave <laughs> with a big beard and stuff picks me up and body slams me in the no. middle of the ring. Yeah. No. Did it hurt? It killed. I was like, he slammed me on my back. I could feel You're not trained it all for the that. way through my chest. I know I'm Who not. Who Andy Kaufman? Dude, I had my cell phone flying out of my pocket, wallet, everything dropped out all over the middle of the ring. And uh, I'm like in the middle of the ring and I'm like, Oh my God, I can feel it go right through my chest. It's okay, I thought I was going to lose my breath. And he's like, you all right, fella? And I'm like, yeah. And I I still had the mic in my hands. And I didn't know what to do. Everybody's yelling and screaming and throwing stuff at me because I insulted the crowd. It's like a Fellini film. No kidding. Yeah, I was excited to be there. And I was like, okay, this is awesome because people are going nuts for me and stuff. And then I had to insult the crowd. So I told them they're the ugliest crowd I've ever seen in my life. (laughs) And then they start, I mean, they're throwing food at me. So, hey, sounds like one of my old shows. Yeah, they had to clear out the ring. Could have made a stuff. salad. And uh, I got I got walked off, and everyone's like oh, laughing. Oh. And they're like, "You all right?" And I'm like, "Yeah, I'm okay," you know. And um, I hung out, and a bunch of now you had to head over to the tent. Yeah, then I held, I went over the tent. The tent was mobbed. We we had to give give away stuff every fifteen to twenty minutes because there were so many people around our tent, and the Woolcook girls were all over me. Now, did you follow Bitch. through on your promise to oh, uh, score with a Woolcook girl? Well, I got to tell you, there's an old school girl there, D, who is in love with you, and. I was contemplating, but then I'm like, no, I cannot do this. I'm like, she lived in Wolka. I'm like, I'm not hanging out in this town tonight. All the organizers were there. I'm taking pictures with their like daughters and stuff that are 13, 15, 16 years old. And they're just like asking me about the Wolka girls. Are you going to hook up? And I'm like, hey, ah, it's a lady. The 15 and 16 year olds were asking you? No, no. Yeah, they were asking me. Their parents were asking me. I'm like, I don't think so. So I get a few of them walking up to me and this one old school girl I thought I was contemplating and then it was like 20 after 10 we were the, uh, Radio 104 was set up to 10 o'clock and then I was just like you know what I'm getting the hell out of here it was a scene there was way too much going on there for me I, I had never been to a country fair like that before so you'll be back next year <laughs> it was a lot of fun, I'll tell you. I haven't been to one in a while, but people were offering me cheeseburgers and stuff. Meanwhile, cows are taking dumps like <laughs> ten feet away from me. Yeah. Like you know, what? old school. Yeah, yeah. So it was a scene. It was a lot. Of, it was an interesting night in World Cup. But I gotta thank them. They were really happy. They're like, "Wow, we never thought we'd get that kind of promotion out of this fair." So yeah, it was right. cool. They had a good time. Nick. Yeah, and then um, and then last night. Like I said, D, all the peeps came out in full force to rookies in Cromwell to watch it behind the music. It was cool. Guess we'll hear more about that when we talk about behind the music in a little bit. Yeah. Uh, as a matter of fact, but um, screw my behind the music. Moonchild behind the music. The first installment. The behind the music bets that's so huge, that's so anticipated, it needed to be spread over the entire week just so people can absorb the information that's being shared with them and the first installment really the introduction because 
there may be one or two of you out there who are not familiar with Moonchild. So uh, with that, we'll be coming your way in just a minute, along with passes. If you're interested in uh, you like cars, then you want to stick around because we're going to give away a four-pack of passes. Is it? I didn't see that. It's a four-pack, Nick? Yeah, it is. Great. Of passes to the Vintage Festival at Lime Rock on Labor Day weekend. Uh, more about that when we return with more D Snyder Radio. This is Radio 104. WMRQ, Waterbury, Hartford. Each word has more weight to it. D Snyder Radio. That's like SM stuff. This is going to be great. On Radio 104. Got the message. Now back to D Snyder Radio. Now you know the truth. D Snyder Radio. your last chance, people. What? What? My last chance? What's that? You're, you speak of D? The feud. Tomorrow. It was postponed from Friday, so we're doing it tomorrow. The Sign of Radio Family Feud. And the feud questions for this week are still posted at our peeps poll at Radio104.com. So please go over there and um, give it your best shot, all right? Answer the survey questions. We have a nice sampling for tomorrow. I'm sure that this week is all about... Oh, probably a little history question in there. Maybe some theology, right, <laughs> Beth? Sure, uh, like every week. Yeah, like every chemistry. Maybe some American studies. You know, just a little, just to mix it up a little. Nick, what do you like to do? Oh, that, of course, right? yeah. Yeah. So, something like that. So, uh, radio104.com, that's the address you want to go to. Now, let me tell you about Lime Rock. Been there, love that. Want to go back to racetrack. They have the Skip Barber Racing School over there and stuff, and they have all sorts of great events. And happening on uh, Labor Day weekend is the Vintage Festival, which I is a vintage car festival. Not only if you like cars, it's a great place to go because it's got all this history. But on top of that, it's a beautiful part of the state, a great day out. And if you're calling number 10 right now at 860-666-4444, you'll win a four-pack of passes to check out one full day Either Friday, August 31st, 1st, Saturday, uh, Saturday, September 1st, or Sunday, September 2nd. They're not doing it on Labor Day. So Friday, Saturday, or Sunday, you pick the day, use your four-pack of passes, have fun. I guess theoretically, you could go twice with a two-pack. That's true. Like, you know, say just you and a friend, you and a buddy want to take it all in for two days, or you and a, a gal friend. You know, well, girls like cars. Sure. It happens. Sometimes I know you're a big car freak. <laughs> I mean, I, you know, I was, I really, I, the first thing that gave it away, Beth, the purple neon underneath the bottom of your VW. I noticed that. Yeah. You know, you cruise and low, it was kind of lowered <laughs> and you had that purple glow going down the street. I said, shoot, look at that, Beth, doing it up. And a little Playboy air freshener. Uh-huh, right on. It was badass. It's old school. <laughs> All right. Uh, we're going to, we're going to get to. The moon child behind the music, not to be overshadowed by the twisted sister behind the music, but the moon child. Some of you are saying, what the hell's moon child? That's Dark Side Dave's band. Yes, before they were engineers. That's yeah, a, special, a special VH1, before they were engineers. Before they were engineers, Dark Side Dave was a rock star <laughs> in parts of New Britain. 
Parts. <laughs> Not even all, all of New Britain. Parts. Of in several parts. neighborhoods, there are stars. In several neighborhoods in New Britain. <laughs> One pool the, hall. The, the whole story. And a 7-Eleven. Uh, find out the whole story in just a few minutes, okay? Uh, first, I want to tell you, Catherine from Wallingford, like I said, gals, right, Beth? Catherine from Wallingford won the Lime Rock Passes, okay? She's going to the Vintage vintage Show. And I've got some reaction to dear old Zalman, uh, who was on Who Wants to Be a Millionaire. It was great to talk to him on Friday. He's now officially a celebrity <laughs> in uh, Connecticut, odd as that may be. But let's get a traffic update first from Psycho Dan. This traffic report is brought to you by LEI Jeans sum, uh, Endless Summer Dance Party. Traveling on 84 East, just a little bit slower on the Park Road curve. Traffic's still pretty quiet out there. 84 West, just some light traffic coming over the Bulkley Bridge. 91 North and South, both look pretty good coming into the city. Traveling on Route 2, it's going to be a smooth ride. 91 South into New Haven is still quiet. No problems there. 95 South, just gets a little bit heavy by exits 50 and 49 leading up to the Q Bridge, but really not too bad. And Route 8 through Waterbury is delay-free. At 717, I'm Psycho Dan with this Modern Rec Report on Radio 104. Look at this. Look at this. I just got handed this uh, article from the newspaper. Which paper is it from? Uh, Saturday's Hartford Current. Finally, an article with picture of Zalman. Look at he's sitting there, uh, looking strikingly handsome, and he's also on the monitor as well. Lots of ink too. That was a couple columns in the Java col yeah. column. Well, I mean, you know what? He's a one day they're gonna have a behind the music on Zalman. Won't be music, it'll be something else. Some investigative report. He's a character, that guy. Who knows? Maybe Zalman Nakamatsu <laughs> will be president one day. <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> Who knows? Zalman Nakamatsu. <laughs> How awesome is that? Really? I just said this. Really pretty amazing. People are scratching their heads. Kids all over town, too. <laughs> oh, yeah. Can't turn on the radio, open the paper without a glimpse of him. Zalman <laughs> just knocked me off ski. <laughs> <laughs> it's great. I mean, it really is. I mean, he's been a, uh, he's been a, I don't know, is what you would call him over at UConn, but he's been there forever. A lifer? A lifer, a legend, a legend. Everybody's got a story about him, you know, and then we bring him on the air and he's hanging out here. And of course, within our crowd, he became known. And now he does this show. And someone made a really great observation. We've got more mail on Zalman. And this one here was, I'm just trying to find the best. I'll save it, actually, because it was the best one. But first of all, uh, Allison Wonderland says, I met Zalman at the Rockcats game a few weeks ago. And even though our chat was short, I walked away with a good impression of him. Uh, I didn't. I, good job on Millionaire. I didn't know he was so funny. Zalman, congratulations. You deserve the success. That's from Alice in Wonderland. Krista writes to say, I heard how Zalman did on, on the Millionaire show this morning, but this afternoon I was surprised to hear a co-worker mentioning Zalman and how he did on the show. Zalman went to school with the co-worker's kids. It's like six degrees of separation from Zalman. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, every, like, as I was saying, everybody's got a story. Oh, yeah, I heard him. I used to wear a cape at UConn. <laughs> <laughs> He's a superhero, this guy. Uh, Arseface says, I hope you'd like to pass along my congratulations to Zalman. He did very well on Millionaire and was so funny. And Wheeze really wrote a, a pretty uh, insightful letter here about it. It says, in praise of Zalman is the subject. 
says, D, there are no two human beings more completely different than Zalman and Gene Simmons, both who were on our show on Friday, the real Gene. Zalman is a sweet, innocent, funny, sincere, all-around great guy who'd help your grandma cross the street. Gene Simmons is a creepy, vile, despicable, self-absorbed, over-the-hill a-hole who'd F your grandma. <laughs> Sadly. The Z-Man can make the boring world of local politics seem interesting, while the Gene Man makes the exciting world of sex, drugs, and rock and roll sound boring. <laughs> it really does. Well, girls are there for the taking. I mean, it's like... Don't talk, oh, yeah. please. Don't get too good. Don't talk, yeah. Um, Zalman has the likability of Tom Hanks and a Jimmy Stewart gleam in his eye. If you if Norman Rockwell was alive, couldn't you see him painting Zalman in his apron bagging groceries? <laughs> yes. <laughs> I could. I could. You'd be all over it. Hello? If you watch his and this is what was that, Darcy? Hello. <laughs> if you watch his millionaire appearance, and this is the great observation, notice how at first the audience nervously laughed at him. <laughs> then they started laughing with him. And when he won $125,000, everybody cheered for him. And that's true. Mm -hmm. It's very true. Yeah, and they even were laughing at Regis <laughs> yeah. by the time he, Zalman was done. Zalman won him over. And so, by the way, Zalman, I often have that same experience with audiences. <laughs> I walk out of the stage and they're laughing at me. Then they're laughing with me. Then they're cheering for me. Uh, good things do happen to good people, Weiss continues. Now, if only Gene Simmons got cancer. Maybe That's breast cancer. <laughs> it gets worse. Maybe breast cancer requiring a double mastectomy to save his life. Yeah, that would write. That would make things right in the world. Wheeze. Oh, that's not right. Obviously, Wheeze, not a big fan of the Gene Man. It's a tumor. Gene, Gene, the dancing machine. Uh, okay, well, Zalman, congratulations. Enjoy it, man. And remember my words, my friend. 125 grand and a little celebrity. Parlay. Parlay, Zalman. Okay? If, if all my millions didn't make it into the 90s, how long do you think that bucket of cord is going to last? Yeah. <laughs> Actually, knowing Zalman, he'll win probably a long time. Yeah. He's probably still got his last nickel. Okay. We're going to talk about behind the music in a little bit. Um, happened last night. I, and I'm honestly um, very curious. It's tough for me to be objective i'm curious what you know you guys made of it you know mm -hmm. what the listeners made of it you know sitting there i mean you know this is your life d snyder i mean there's certainly a part of it and watching the thing and since that's watching and just i'm seeing things and remembering things you, you you guys are seeing the ladies boy outfit as we called it with all the harnesses and thinking how did he keep his nuts in it and i'm remembering changing our first big concert backstage, uh, our first big concert ever at a Coliseum was opening for the Blue Oyster Cult at the Nassau Coliseum. We had no record deal. It was a big, big deal. And I told you, I'd, I would do a costume change into that outfit. So to that end, because there was no time to run all the way back to the dressing room because there are locker rooms in a Coliseum, we set up a tent backstage for me to change in. And we put a light inside so I could see what I'm doing. Well, have you ever seen a light inside a tent? 
You can see a nice silhouette. Yeah, there was a whole strip tease of these nuts and everything hanging out there, and I'm changing my outfit for the whole audience back there. So, yeah, it was no, it was everything. Nothing was left to the imagination. It was quite a show. But enough of that. More importantly, it is now time for part one of Moonchild Behind the Music, the story of Dark Side Dave's band. I say it with reverence, people. Turn up your radio, gather the kids around. There's some important information about to be imparted to you. Wisdom. Dare I say wisdom, Beth? I'll say wisdom. Enjoy. In the early 90s, New Britain, Connecticut caught lighting in a bottle when rock and roll gave birth to another bastard child, arriving screaming, slimy, and bloody in the heart of New England. It started out with dreams of glory and ended in a nightmare of drugs, sex, and intestinal gas. It's an old story written new. The power struggles, the rock journalist wannabe tearing the band apart from within, admiration turned obsession, the overused condom, We've seen it all before. Tonight, on Behind the Music, we profile the barely perceptible rise and balls-on-fire fall of hard-hitting New Britain's Moonchild. Lead singer Dickie Barrett remembers Moonchild. Uh, most of the guys that Darkside hang out with smell like weed. Their sound was unmistakable. From lead singer Wiley Nads McTeague's bagpipe solos to the double bass attack of Linus Weedman Melvoin and Dave Dave Kilborn Wallace, the blistering lead guitar of Dougie Blister Stangle, and the thundering backbeat of Morris Swampy Ash. Moonchild came howling out of the woods of central Connecticut to rock the musical world from New Britain to Newington. The first shots of this musical revolution were fired from the basement of the Wallace home. Dave Wallace's father, Mr. Wallace. Our Davey was always musical. He'd be in the basement with friends for hours, making a god-awful racket, and from time to time, I'd call down some words of encouragement, like, If I hear another sound from you, young punks, I'll kill you with me bare hands. What is it, mother? I'm talking with the VH1. No, about Moonchild. No, I don't know why. No, I can't tell if they're homosexuals. Along with Dave Wallace's early musical ability, there were also warning signs of a potential problem ahead. I'll remember Dave like to pound like 20 or 30 pixie sticks one after the other. He said if you watch Scooby-Doo with a good sugar buzz on, he could actually smell the Scooby Snacks. In 1992, the nucleus of what was to become Moonchild came together in a New Britain High School production of Godspell. I got the part of Jesus and Nads was going to be King Herod and I thought doing the play would be like funny but when they showed me my costume I punched the advisor in the face. I mean seriously dude, I was not going to dress up like a freaking clown. Dave was out of the part of Jesus and Nads stepped in. I told him it was no biggie, you know. Go nuts dude. It was like worth the suspension, you know what I mean? Did Dave tell you that? He didn't care about losing the part? He's such a liar. He, like, bitched about it for an entire week. Dude, that's such a load of crap. The only people crying were the ones who sat through the play. He totally sucked. The clash of two strong personalities in a songwriting team has often produced brilliant results. Of course, it helps if they're talented. He wrote all his songs on the bagpipe, man. And then at rehearsals, he'd be like, dude, come on, jump right in. And we keep telling him, hey, the rest of us are playing guitars, dude. What the hell are you doing? Now, I finally gave up on the idea of having bagpipes as the main focus, but I, I made them make me a promise. 
two solos a show. Oh, yeah, the bagpipe solos. Those were huge. I got hit with some really creative items during the bagpipe solos until I learned to stand next to Swampy. It would be another six months before the boys decided to put a band together. All right, I was grounded for two months because of a chemistry set misunderstanding, and then I had to stay indoors for a whole summer because of um, some, uh, well, toenail issues that I had going on. And the guys would come over once a week. We'd get high, smoke some weed, and listen to CDs, you know, like Metallica, Ozzy, all the old school good stuff. We felt sorry for staying indoors the whole summer, but it was hard to be in the same room with those towels. I mean, I don't know. It might have been the shrooms, but the first time he took off those greasy moccasins he used to wear all the time, I saw colors I'd never seen before. When the fall came around again, Darkseid's toes responded to treatment, and the boys decided to get serious. They needed to get laid. To accomplish their goal, they figured the best bet was to start a band. I'd been playing bass for like a long time, and of course Nads always had his bagpipes with him, and Swampy played drums in marching band, and he told us he knew a guy who could play lead guitar. Dougie Stengel had been playing guitar at the Holy Name Folk Mass for a year and a half when he was approached by the fledgling band. I'd actually been kicked out of the Folk Mass group for some uh, inappropriate behavior, so I was looking for a new gig. The band was playing Kumbaya, when all of a sudden, Dougie started to lick the microphone and hold his guitar in an obscene manner. When he started in with the hip thrusting, I had to pull the plug. Sure, it was a Folk Mass, but it was still charged. I guess they kind of snapped. The final piece of the puzzle came in the person of Linus Weedman Melvoin, Darkseid's connection. I always wanted to play rock and roll, and when I heard Darkseid was starting a band, I made him an offer. One month's free weed, all dank nuggets, no swag, if he could join the band. Now, he could only play bass, and we didn't need another bass player, but I thought about how much weed I could smoke in a month and how much money I'd be able to save. And well, that right there was when the double bass attack was born. Next, the band comes out of sound. You haven't heard the way we were till you heard it with bagpipes and electric guitars. When behind the music returns. Oh yeah, I don't, I'm riveted. I'm I'm already riveted. I mean, Weed Man and uh, and Swampy and, and all the guys. The double bass attack. Wow. It's amazing that with all your issues that you finally got out of the basement to even get the band going on the dark side. Got the grounded toes, mm-hmm. <laughs> all kinds of misunderstandings. We've heard it all before tough on Behind times, the Music. Tough times, I'm telling you. Bad toes uh, and grounding. Well, tomorrow will be part two, and let me tell you, it gets even more interesting. I'm, I'm, uh, I'm privy. I'm privy to some of the information, so uh, you want to stay tuned for more on, what do they, how do they describe it again? The barely perceptible rise and the balls on fire descent. <laughs> and, and now they're talking reunion, which often happens when there's a behind the music down on you, Beth. <laughs> so I understand. <laughs> Seriously, talking about what you. The band well, there's an outcry from those couple of guys still hanging out of the pool hall. Yeah. <laughs> oh man, you know what? Is so much mail and behind the music. Uh, I mean, people are hugely res- responsive, and um, you know, and uh, I don't know where to begin with it, but certainly we want to take a break, and we'll come back. Uh, and we will talk about the behind the music yesterday. It's a pretty big deal. I mean, I guess, you know, I mean, it's 
certainly it's, it's seen nationally, if not internationally. There's VH1 overseas as well. And uh, it was kind of cool to see a lot of that stuff that I hadn't seen in a long, long time. And I've got my own observations, but I'm really curious to hear other people's observations on this thing as well. But you know what? Uh, wait a minute. Nicholas, are we going to take the break? Okay, good. Okay, so... Stick around. We'll talk about Behind the Music. Also have a Twisted Forever CD to give away. That's the uh, tribute record that's out now in stores. So, uh, and we'll have, of course, uh, the reaction that you guys sent in. All kinds of good stuff. It's D. Snyder Radio, all right? Don't go anywhere. It's Radio 104. Here's something you say to me. Thank you, D. Snyder Radio. It's in the guy's ass. That's not the real story. Nick, you rock my box. That's the real story. You rock my world. D. Snyder Radio. It's important enough to squeeze your cheeks for. Radio 104. Sounder Radio Part 2. Part 2. The second installment of Moonchild Behind the Music. Who knows where this story is going to go. I promise you it won't be boring. And also, let me tell you, be sure to check out Will Cow, Chaz, and Carlito. They're always up to something on their programs. And Carlito, besides his usual uh, shenanigans, tonight I'll have Jason Knight, formerly of the ECW. I think he was on the show. Yeah, on he our was. Show. He was. I think he's a guy who came in, smelled like booze. Yeah, I remember him. Yeah, yeah, remember. <laughs> um, and then uh, more information on thongs across Columbus. Thongs across Columbus. It's all happening on the Carlito show. Okay. Uh, something to give away here. Oh, Twisted Forever. A tribute to the legendary Twisted Sister. The legend continues. I hope maybe uh, Behind the Music added to that. Hope some... I don't, well, we'll talk about that in a minute. Every day this week, we'll be giving away copies of the Twisted Sister tribute album. It's in stores now. Artists include Lit, Nine Days, Chuck D, Seven Dust, Sebastian Bach, Plus Motorhead, Nashville Pussy, Overkill, Cradle of Filth, Step Kings, Joe Jack. <gasps> There's even Twisted Sister cover song on there we got together and did an old ACDC song that we used to like playing. If you call number 10 right now at 860-666-4444, you will win the Twisted Forever CD. Okay, call now. So uh, I'm looking at these uh, piles. I, I don't, Beth, look at this. I don't even know where to begin. And, and, and I would like to say, very flattered. Thank you, people. It's nice. I mean, so far everyone's been pretty positive. <laughs> so, so thank you. But still, taking the time to react. And in particular, I mean, don't get me wrong here, um, my pretties. Do not get me wrong. All the regulars. Writing in, and that's and I appreciate it, but a lot of people who don't normally write emails taking the time to uh, sit down and write, send an email saying how much they enjoyed it. Like Laura, who says, What's up, D? I'm probably one of your youngest listeners. Recently turned punk rocker after the horrible, terrifying, humiliating, teeny bopper stage every teenage girl goes through at some point. Odd, Beth went to a metal stage. I know. I, <laughs> there's no new kids for me. Give me Twisted Sister. 
Yeah, Twisted and David Lee Roth and Van Halen. They were rocking, Man. a little kiss in there, too. And then you straightened out. Right. Uh, just wanted to tell you, I finally caught the whole VH1 Behind the Music Twisted Sister show. And I have to say, your music was so kick-ass, those damn kids don't know what the hell they're talking about. Them kids today, I'm sure what she, she's talking about. Really enjoyed it. I think you're one of those rock stars that'll always be. Thanks for kicking the public's ass, signed Laura. Thank you, Laura. Uh, Diesel Duck says, awesome show, but to be honest, I wish they did more than an hour. And he says, I had to do the bankruptcy thing after my divorce, and it really sucked trying to scratch pennies for me and my boy. My compliments on a great woman you have in Suzette sticking by your side through all of the excrement, Diesel Doug. Absolutely, bro. That's uh, the most impressive thing at all. I really didn't get into that too much. Yeah, it seemed like they had to wrap everything, everything up too quickly at the end. Well, it's like, I, how many hours did I interview? Probably about 12 myself. And everybody else did about six for 40 minutes of tape. It's it's unbelievable. I mean, and I guess it's a tough task for the producer, Doug Rittenhouse's name is, to go through it and try to say, well, you know, there is a lot to say and you want to expand on it, but only you, you have 40 minutes. And that's what it comes down to after they take all the commercials out. Jen from Hard Hitting New Britain writes, uh, hey there, I enjoyed the Behind the Music on Twisted Sister. Uh, I have... I have, I have, like I have, a better understanding of the group and you. Okay. Yeah, well, I always hope you get that. John and Minnie Show says, uh, we just got through watching Twisted Behind the Music. I must say, I have even more respect for you as a man. To work as long and hard for so many years, not to drink or do drugs, stand up before Congress, admit when you're wrong, be flat broke, still hold your family together, and rise from the ashes you rightly deserve. Whatever success comes your way, that was a very inspirational story. Thanks, guys. Uh, he says, that was an awesome interview on VH1 on Sunday night. I watched it twice. I never knew you were that flat broke that you were answering phones for a living. It must have really sucked. No kidding, Steve Calamari. Riding, no kidding. Riding your bike to work. Yeah, yeah. Well, I had one car, so I'd leave it with Suzette, and I'd ride the bike there. And uh, we got some exercise in. I figured, you know, sort of a, a positive. Trying to, turn, trying to turn a frown upside down. Yeah. <laughs> I thought you uh, had no car. Now I'm not as depressed as I was last night. No, we had one car. So I leave with the family because I couldn't leave Suzette without, you know, mm -hmm. she had the, the four, was it the four kids? No, we only had three then. Uh, we had the three kids and couldn't leave her, you know, stuck there with no transportation in suburbia. You know, I mean, what if something happened? You know, so uh, I took the bike. Uh, I told them a story that was like, I was surprised I didn't use. I, I personally thought it was like worse you know a worse story than that he's like how are we gonna get worse than that I mean worse than that I mean I don't know, maybe I'll save it for part two I don't know I'll think about it uh, Aaron says uh, I just finished watching VH1 Behind the Music featuring Twisted Sister and find myself a little shocked parts of it really disturbed me I'm particularly enraged about the arrest situation with you in Texas. Also, what possesses a person to throw excrement on the stage? That was a really funny story. <laughs> I thought overseas they were known to be more classy and sophisticated. I laughed, I cried, I watched with my mouth open. Um, yeah, no. Matter of fact, they're, they're not more sophisticated. You can see it that in the footage where you can see the stuff flying up on the stage. That's the concert. Did you, I mean, you saw that. They were right. showing it right there. You saw like... People ducking and stuff's flying up on the stage. 
And that was only the stuff making the stage. People down in front were getting crushed with the amount of stuff being thrown. They're, they're, they're not that classy. RJ in West Haven, it was a great story, man. I'm, I'm not going to read it. You just uh, sent me the whole story here. And uh, this is uh, subject worth the hype, D. Just wanted you to know how much I enjoyed your special last night. I've been telling everyone to watch it. You are truly inspiring. Your biggest promoter, Kevin from Waterbury. And this last letter I'll, I'll read for now. I mean, I'm going to get more later on. But it says, uh, it's from Mikey Ramon. It says, D, just finished watching the Twisted Sister Behind the Music. I thought it was well done myself, but was wondering what your thoughts are about it. I'll tell you in a minute. I was also wondering how it feels to watch your ex-bandmates talk about you in a negative way. Uh, even though it's the truth, it still must hurt. I was surprised to find out that TS put out an album after Come Out and Play. Uh, Will Cow's favorite, by the way. And that you wrote a Christmas song that Celine Dion recorded. But the thing that really shocked me was to see you in a beard and mustache. What the hell was up with that? That, I think, was my <laughs> most shocking moment, the stash. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> Lastly, I was wondering if you have spoken to Mark the Animal since your fight. And if not, do you think you two ever will be friends again? Mikey Ramon, you asked a lot of questions, Mikey Ramon. There was like eight in there. We'll talk, I'll discuss them all in a second. Let me give you a traffic update first of all. Okay, Psycho Dan. Mm, Genghis John writes, uh, Dude, you've got more balls on a pool table. And VH1 even showed the whole morning show crew in this segment on your new job. But if you blinked, you'd have missed them. <laughs> So what, what, so what the rest of the world should learn from the twisted, from the behind the music is this. Rich or poor, on the radio or on stage, Dee Snyder puts his heart into everything he does and never gives less than 100%. The peeps and the SMFs already knew this. Genghis John, P.S. Mendoza scares me. Me too. Does you find him scary? Not as scary as the mustache, but scary. <laughs> I have one word okay. about the stash. All right, Pre first of all... E EP. <laughs> <laughs> all right. What's with the stash? Okay. Yeah. First of all, uh, the one of the shots I was sixteen or fifteen. <laughs> okay. The other shot, and it went up to eighteen and nineteen. Uh, I reached puberty. Uh, it was nineteen seventy one, seventy two, seventy three. I reached puberty, and you know you can grow <laughs> facial hair, and you're like, yeah. cool. <laughs> I can grow facial hair, and I and actually. Uh, Mikey Ramon, there was none with my beard. I actually did have a goatee uh, in high school. And really, it was just like, hey, man, I can grow hair on my face. And you sort of leave it. And then one day, you realize how stupid it looks. And you shave the thing off, and you never go back. And I actually only grew back a full beard and mustache once. Uh, oh, yeah, wait a minute. I know what Mikey Ramon's talking about. There was a picture in there. We were in the studio with Eddie Kramer. I did, we were on vacation for like a week, and I didn't shave for like a week or two, we were on vacation. And I just, because I was just tired of shaving every night for the show, you know. Um, but I had gotten a boating accident and had a big, uh, some stitches on the side of my face. And it was a big scar. It actually went away, which is cool. And I grew a, a beard to cover it up for a while while that was healing. Because I couldn't shave. And I didn't want to leave this one patch of hair on there, you know, Beth. I that looked really you. stupid. Um, that was during the Desperado days, actually. Um so that explains the mustache. <laughs> Hopefully. Behind the mustache. Behind the mustache. So, <laughs> and as far as uh, Mendoza goes, uh, you know, I, I don't see him as being big and scary in any capacity. Because I guess, you know, we used to, we were best friends and mm -hmm. we were both just big and scary in our own way, you know. And we hung out together. Uh, so it didn't freak me out of hearing, I mean, when I, I, he 
sets of stuff, and I've told you before on the show, that was, uh, it was, you know, ludicrous. And uh, I know him. And uh, so I guess maybe because I know him, that doesn't really scare me. Like I said, I may have been limping. He was going to be crawling. Mm-hmm. Promise you that. So, uh, you know, take your best shot. But that said, I think we may have finally put all that behind us. That was filmed before the blow-up we had in the studio. And you see some footage towards the end there uh, when I got the baseball cap on and we're in rehearsal. After they left from there, that's when we had that huge fight, me and him. And then all bets were off. And then he called me and we talked. And since then, we've, we had him over. And we're actually, actually, I'm going to be doing that muscular dystrophy ride. Um, you know, with the, the bikers. Where is March that? March of Dimes. The March of, I said March, I said, uh, okay. Let me get it right. I'll just say MD and I'll have it covered, right? The March of Dimes ride. And here it is, right in front of me. The only reason I mentioned, I'll tell you why I mentioned this right now. It's happening on September 9th, and uh, you can, and basically the ride that saves babies' lives, okay? Uh, and it's going to be starting down in Middletown and going all the way to Westbrook. You can call the March of Dimes today for more information, 1-800-446-9255. And, we're just, and I'm going to be the Grand Marshal. Got my Indian. And we're going to cruise. It's going to be great. And Mendoza's coming. Oh, that's good. He wants to come, yeah. I mean, now it's like, that's like uh, a big step. You know, him and me hanging together. You know, I mean, he came over the house and we hung. We had a really nice time. And things are starting to finally, like, get relatively back to normal. And I told him I was doing this. He said, hey, man, can I come? I'm like, yeah, come on. Let's just look like the old days. Speaking hanging out of, together. Indian motorcycle must be pleased today. <laughs> hmm. An hour's worth of uh, advertising. <laughs> and they said, gee, that's a, I don't know if you can wear that. It's a lifestyle thing, man. <laughs> um, so, you know, what do you, as my as his grandmother used to say, what do you make of it? Uh, you know, it's like really tough for me to be objective. Yeah. So, is it tough for you? Well, I uh, I actually enjoyed it. Overall, I had some observations. One was that I had almost as much FaceTime as Eddie Ojeda. <laughs> we barely saw him. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah. Also, I think AJ Paro, he cracks me up. <laughs> Did anybody yeah. else have that reaction? He's a really funny guy. Yeah, he's funny. Well, uh, obviously the producer did, because he's one of the things he said to me. He said, AJ was hysterical. Every time he opened his mouth, he said something funny. <laughs> yeah, yeah he's, he's a real character, and, and uh, he's been a lot of fun, because he's been playing with the SMFs when I go out and play, and it's been great to have him with me, because besides being a great drummer, he's funny. I mean, <laughs> he yeah. said, for this, there's uh, uh, tomatoes and, and cucumbers. I could have made a salad. <laughs> that was funny. And it was true, too. When people throwing stuff. What else? Did, um, what else did you observe? Well, the, the boys have, I don't know how to say this. They've, they've gotten larger. <laughs> <laughs> Almost added a whole new member to the band. <laughs> 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 I won't say I won't say who or what, but Suzette saw the situation and said, <laughs> "What the hell am I going to do with these guys?" Yeah. Costumes. <laughs> I don't think you can let them out that much, Suzette. I said, "What about camouflage backdrop?" And everybody wears <laughs> the same camouflage colors. 
in the front <laughs> so so it hides yeah, yeah well i mean that 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 will happen <laughs> time is not as kind to some as others when you're not rocking out with your cock out yeah. that's for sure <laughs> i'm really glad to see that you've mellowed some i mean you were really a maniac i don't I think that was one thing that i guess you had said it i didn't know to the extent that you really took over and became an egomaniac I think Mendoza called me a megalomaniac yeah. is actually the word he used. Um, yeah, I told you I feel a lot better now. Yeah. I was really, uh, it was, I mean, for me, one of the things I noticed, it was kind of like flipping through some, you know those like, like little moving picture, like you take a bunch of pictures, you start with the front one and you go to the back one and it transforms. And I kind of like hulked up. <laughs> remember the, I mean, I started as kind of as like skinny and smiling and really glammed out. And I, and I never realized that as the years went on, I got madder <laughs> and bigger and scarier. And, uh, and, and I know why. Because I became madder and madder. The longer it took us to succeed, the more hostile I became and the more driven I became. So when we finally broke through, I just, I was out of my mind at that point. <laughs> Clearly. <laughs> <laughs> but, but I feel okay now. But overall, I, I, uh, I enjoyed it. I think it was a really, a really interesting story. And, well, what did uh, you get? What did you guys get out of it, Dark Side? What, what did you come away with f from it? You know, I mean, obviously it wasn't like a drug thing or whatever. Yeah, considering nobody like OD'd, nobody mm -hmm. died, uh, none of that stuff. I mean, I thought it was really cool. I thought it came out very well, and I was particularly impressed by the uh, use of an Uzi on stage. That was pretty. That smooth, was interesting. <laughs> yeah, that's what back stuff, man. <laughs> that was to shoot him down. That kind of backed up that guy. Who was that guy we interviewed? Accused me of uh, writing a song about killing people and something <laughs> during the day. What was that guy's name? Remember his name? I don't know. You know what I'm talking about. He wrote the article, Nick, and then we oh, called yeah, him up. Oh yeah, I don't remember. Right. What? No, no, that no. The guy, the columnist. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, damn. I forget I his name. I don't remember his name. And he was saying, that that was a long time ago, and, you know, and things, times have changed, and it was, was figurative, not literal. And there I am on stage with an Uzi. Yeah. <laughs> it was I'll fake. You, man, I mean, it was a fake Uzi. It was a real Uzi. But not real bullets. No! But God, I would have killed for a couple live rounds. There were a couple <laughs> yeah. of mothers. They were throwing stuff at us. I would have blown them all away. Uh, did I say that? Uh, I was really pissed. That's when I called out the that was the day I called, told the entire thirty-two thousand people to step outside. Step outside. Yeah, it now, made, one at a time. They, I was out of my mind. It I made meant me it wish too. that I had seen one of your shows back then. I particularly liked, of course, the story about the things being thrown at the stage and the Born to be Wild story, which I don't think I'd ever heard. Oh, yeah. Where you were That's forced how, to play Steppenwolf so the Hells Angels didn't attack you all. Well, everybody, in the, everybody out there in a band should know that you got to have Born to be Wild tucked away in your back pocket to whip that thing out in the event of an emergency. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and, you know, and if you're, when you're playing bars and you're playing the club environment, those emergencies do arrive. It just, it can't hurt. And then they actually, I was like, I was freaking out. I hadn't seen somebody's tape. They talked about Born to be Wild and they had us playing Born to be Wild. 
That was cool. I was seeing some footage I'd never seen. Where'd they get it all? Well, I mean, one of those guys uh, they showed there, Joe Gerber, who was in Washington with me, he was the co-manager of the band. Um, he uh, He's like a, a big video freak. He's an archive archivist and he's saved like every tape you don't yeah. realize how many videos you actually did over the years and different whether it was tv or just clubs i mean there was a video of us from the 2001 disco when they went changed from disco that was the place where they filmed saturday night fever to rock and we were there and i just see a shot of me with the with the um with the mirrored ball throwing it on the ground Oh, by the way, Zama said the journal journalist was Michael Medved. Okay, right. Was the, that was the guy who said that. Uh, well, we have to take a, take a break here, Nick, come back and continue yeah. uh, talking about this a little bit, because yes. I, I, I think there's more to say. I'm, I'm curious, you know, you, by the way, you, the listeners, I'm, I'm really curious about your opinion, because I'm, even you guys, and you being, you guys here, and you guys out there, <laughs> Even you guys don't see it as objectively as Joe Blow in Ohio somewhere. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Because I'm your guy. So you're viewing it differently as well. Not like not as differently as I'm viewing it. For me, I you know, I'm seeing those tapes and going, Suzette's going, I remember that outfit, I remember that outfit, I hated that outfit. I'm, you know, she's <laughs> and I'm going there, oh God, oh man, oh you know, I'm but I'm seeing everything different. And you guys, you know me. You listen to me, so you've got your own perspective on it that's not, not the same. But I, I'm really curious to hear what what you guys out there who saw it are thinking about it, and not just and don't call me just to say how much you loved it or whatever, because I appreciate that. It means a lot to you. But I, I'm dying to know, like, what did you get out of it? What did what did mm. something change in your mind? Did you get some information from it that? <sighs> I think an interesting moral to that story how your story went and then end is that anytime you start with a group of people who are supposedly on equal footing and then one person rises way above it's almost always a recipe for disaster yeah it's a good thing we didn't start on equal footing exactly it? <laughs> it's a good thing that we knew that <laughs> d was as high above us as the goodyear blimp and that's where he'll stay you are ropes <laughs> on the Goodyear plan. <laughs> okay, we'll take a break. We'll come back. I've got more reaction to this. Uh, take some phone calls if you got any thoughts about it, and uh, and I, and I really want to hear what you know. Um, collect your thoughts, and I'll tell you, you know, give you some more perspective on this, and also tell you what I was hoping people got out of it. You know, and and that and maybe that'll help you. Maybe you could say, yeah, we got that out of it because that'll be good. <laughs> so stick around for more D Sider Radio. It's Radio One Hundred Four. WMRQ, Waterbury, Hartford. He needs controversy. Keep him famous because of his unfortunate dearth of talent. Shut your mouth. The Snyder Radio. It's always nice to meet a fan. On Radio 104. Now back to D. Snyder. This is the privilege and responsibility we share. On Radio 104. Busy, 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 busy. Much going on in my world. Hopefully in yours, too. Tomorrow on D-Sider Radio. Well, I'll tell you about that later. I changed my mind. <laughs> uh, but later this week, uh, ask D-Sider Radio. Another Family Feud Friday. The new questions aren't posted yet because we're still... Are we still carrying over from last week? Yes. The questions? Yes. Like I said? Okay, so... See, we didn't get to the feud last week, so we're doing it 
tomorrow, but earlier in the show. So after tomorrow, new questions will be posted. So then head on over to Radio104.com and answer this week's Peeps Poll survey questions. All right? A lot of stuff we didn't get to last week. We've been very busy lately. There's a lot going on here, people. My God, a lot going on. Least of which is behind the music. All right. Um, some we've got some more reactions here, Beth. If I could, uh, D. Instead of being one of the millions of peeps who watch the show and tells you how great it was, I just want to say, Beth, you looked great. Thank you. Signed T. Wow, you must have had your eyes in a non-blink phase at that point. <laughs> Well, but you lit up the room. You lit oh, up the screen. Stop. Somebody out there in Hollywood is probably going, wait a minute. That'd be nice. Katie. Goodbye, Katie. Hello, Beth. I'm ready. <laughs> I'm ready for my close-up. <laughs> <laughs> Good morning, America. <laughs> it's morning. I'll even take Beth. that CBS show. <laughs> You'll even take that one, the one that's not doing so well? Right. Maybe you give it a good kick in the ass. <laughs> Uh, let's see. This guy says, I'm a long-time listener, first-time writer. That's what I was telling you. A lot of people have been, you know, who don't usually write in. Just caught the VH1 Behind the Music on Twisted Sister. It was great. I was glad to hear it mentioned the morning show and even had some clips of the crew. That's from Elephant Man. They showed the sign in the studio more than they showed anybody else. <laughs> <laughs> uh, D caught the premiere of Twisted Sister Behind the Music. I'm sure that there probably were a lot more things they could have, they could have, should about you guys. I guess a man could have said. I don't know. But what they did show was pretty cool. One of my favorite bits was at the end, hearing Nick laugh. I was surprised and glad that they showed the D. Snyder Radio crew. <laughs> saw that. Laura from Wallingford. Yeah, Nick's laugh at Mudbone's face. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's cool. I'm going to have to go back and watch it. I, I missed your laugh, Nick, but I, I definitely want to catch it, so yeah. watch it today. <laughs> uh, hey, D, I was watching Twisted Sister Behind the Music. I was wondering if your roadie in England, the one when, you, when you're telling the story about the shite, can I say that? I think yeah, I, I thought that was interesting. I learned that you can say that version of it on the air three times. Yeah, shite. Well, it's not the word. Right. Uh, anyway, if you're roadie in England, Big John is the same Big John who played bass in the Scottish punk band The Exploited, signed Sinner. Yeah. I said, why didn't they mention that Big John was in The, in the Exploited? They were a big punk band over there. But they, I guess they felt that people wouldn't know who he was. And he did a favor for us because we didn't have any roadie. And him and the, drum, and the drummer from The Exploited roadied for us that day because we didn't have a crew. And they needed the money. Did you like that story? I thought this story was really funny. <laughs> I mean, ser I mean, that's the real observation there. I just we were just stunned that me. someone would be so hate filled. <laughs> yeah. I remember we did Castle Donington, and um, they don't, and someone had taken the time to fill a liter bottle of Coke with little rocks, <laughs> and and again, how much hate do you have in you? I mean, you're picking up gravel and you're feeding because you can't scoot. You know, it's just there's a little hole in the top. So you got to really want to fill that bottle <laughs> so they could heave this missile out of the stage and try and hurt one of us. I mean, that, you know, that's a lot of hate. It's a lot of hate. Isn't that a song by Metallica? Oh, that's after you stop listening to him, Dark Side. I'm going to waste my hate on you or something like that. Um, 
says, first I'm going to say you rocked last night on VH1, man. Uh, and let you know I'm a huge WWF fan. I had to make the choice to watch my main peep over or the WWF, and I watched you sign the Rick from Manchester. It's dedication. <laughs> that is that is serious dedication. Uh, so what I, you know, I guess also a lesson is not a lesson, or sort of a main theme of it is that you were determined, and by golly, you made it. <laughs> that's well. Uh, that's. What I was hoping people would not, would get from it, you know. I, I mean, I saw it. Um, I mean, that's the kind of the American dream, you know. Like, the, I I think the idea that if you work hard enough, if you believe enough, that you can just practically will things to happen, and and then the idea that it took a long time. But now up here in the Northeast, people are aware of that. Maybe not you guys, older people who listen to the show, because they used to see the band and they knew that. But for you guys who, you know, you found out about us from MTV, right? Nick, mm-hmm. Dark uh, yeah. did you have MTV in the trailer? Yes, we did. Yeah. You did. That's pretty yeah. nice. That cable, yeah, that sweet. Was good stuff. <laughs> oh, you had the big dish up there on top. <laughs> yeah. which, which one was it? <laughs> we had cable. <laughs> um, so, I mean, sort of for you, you had no awareness of Twisted Sister, you guys, before MTV, did you? No. Mm-mm. No. Okay, so you're, you're a good, uh, good test group. A lot of people your age just thought it was like all of a sudden we're there and they don't realize how long it was going on and how long the struggle was before we finally made it yeah the early I was sound hoping that would come across the early sound of the band even pre your being in it was really different oh well, well before i was in the band and when jj was in the started the thing and that was like it was like rock even when i joined they were mm-hmm. playing a lot of rolling stones and kinks and still playing a lot of, like, you know, Bowie and Lou Reed and, you know, this, like, sort of rock, hard rock or rock mm-hmm. and roll, whatever you want to call it. And I came in with dragging my, you know, Judas Priest, ACDC, and Sabbath records and going, dude, check this out, <laughs> you know. So, so I mean, I, I was started to have more and more of an influence on the band as time went on. I mean, you can see that as well. So, I mean, you got definitely got that impression, yeah. I mean, understanding this did not happen overnight. Even as a story, which I didn't know, another one I didn't know is how you started to write songs, just basically giving it a shot, and then it worked. Yeah, well, they just told me to shut up, because I was <laughs> such a whining. <laughs> I hated everything that they did. Everything they did. Uh, uh, let me get a uh, let me get a um, some traffic update for you people out there on the roadways. Psycho. All right, Ron from Milford's on the phone. Ron, are you there, man? How you doing, D? I'm doing good, man. So you saw it behind the music last night? Yeah, I did. I I you just talked about how you guys were struggling for so long trying to make it, and then I listened to that the uh, record exec talk about you during the uh, during the censorship debate up there at the Capitol. Yeah, uh, it, it was a little disheartening that the, it sounded like. You guys are being persecuted for standing up what you believe in. You know, it's, to me, he's like, you know, this is the guy who the parents don't want their kids listening to. The next thing you know, he's saying, well, these aren't the type of things the, the kids don't want to hear him sound like his parents. No, yeah, not- they didn't want me to be. They didn't want me to be honest, Ron. They thought I was way too honest when I went up there, and I uh, was too forthright about the fact that I didn't get high and I didn't drink. But you know what, Ron? There was a truth to it. I, I definitely felt a backlash from the audience that they thought I was too straight, that they thought I was some kind of wasted animal, and I had somehow let them down because I wasn't. 
Yeah, that's the thing. It, it, it seems unfair to you guys. Like you said, you struggled for so long. You guys made it. You guys made it big. The next thing you know, the record company, because you're not putting up this image, this bad boy image, because you're you're a regular guy. You know, you have a family, and you're not doing all these things that are that are illegal. You're not out there, you know, corrupting society. That hey, listen, we don't want to represent this guy no more. You know what? Uh, that's Jason Flom. He's a, a big wig. You know, he's a lot of lava records and Atlantic records. If I had known that he felt that way, I would have gone up to his office and beat him some dignity. <laughs> and then uh, and then maybe I would have showed him that I was still a sick... Oh, I almost said the word. And I said... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. You know what I'm talking about. Now, Ron, did you... Um, were you aware of the band before we broke on MTV and, uh, and broke nationally? Oh, actually, I was... I was back in grammar school when you guys first started. I, I actually had to stay hungry. I used to listen to it every day. Okay, I, I so it. I thought it was great. Well, so did you get from there that man, this was a long struggle? Did you pick that up that this was not a bad, this was not an overnight sensation? Oh, absolutely. I didn't realize you guys started so early. I mean, I know most bands have a have a long road to go now, but I didn't realize how how long you guys had had gone before you actually made it. I got a feeling, Ron, that after watching that, there's a bunch of guys who quit the business. <laughs> they said, how many years to make it? Forget it. This is insane. Thanks. It's a no Go ahead, Ron. You, know, you, guys, you guys stood up for something you believed in, and you made it. And after all these years, you guys are still rocking. That's the best thing going, though. Hey, thanks, Ron. I appreciate the call. Thanks. thanks very much. So, Nick, you were there at Rookies. Yeah. What was, I mean, first of all, I had a good turnout there? Yeah, great turnout. It, it was a lot of fun. All the peeps came out. Uh, Will, Kevin, Carlito were there. And, oh, that's uh, cool, was, man. Yeah, they were down there, time. too? Yeah. That's great. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so what was it? What it was, was I mean, there you got a sort of a mob mentality going on. Well, it was weird. You're right because it was a bar scene, and it's a, it's a large bar. I mean, there had to be over seventy TVs in a place, and we were in a section that was open. But you know, we were kind of by booths, and there was like this party going on with about a hundred, you know, over a hundred people where we were, and everybody else in the bar is kind of just staring at <laughs> us, you know, and. I mean, there were there were still a younger crowd and stuff, and I tried to get them going to come over and say hello to us on the mic, and it, and they mingled in, and it worked out to be pretty cool. But I wasn't sure how the the behind the music was going to translate because I knew it was going to be serious and I knew it was going to be effed up. And then you get the whole mob mentality in the bar and the drinking and stuff. But as soon as that thing came on. People shut up and were just sitting there, like, staring. And there were jaws dropping. I mean, a lot of people I don't think there had seen your look before or... <laughs> had known I mean you talk about it on the show and we do the show every you know nobody believes me Ben yeah, yeah, yeah. and I don't it's like I wore worn stockings nobody believes me. I see me in stockings I go oh my god he's wearing stockings yeah and I think people were a little uh, didn't know how much of a struggle you had and how early you know the band went back but I think what they were taken aback by was how much those guys didn't like you yeah, <laughs> I, I mean, and and a couple times I get, I'm like, I'm like, yep, that's our boss, you know, but uh, yeah. which was pretty funny. Um, and Darkseid was, uh, we were talking about this before, was horrified by some of your outfits. But I, I a mean, lot of people mentioned that outfit with the with all the studs and the straps. Yeah, on the it. leather you, straps. You know what, though, dude, I was wondering. 
they didn't show any of the clips of you getting pissed off and jumping in the crowd or anything like that. But how can you jump in a crowd all pissed off wearing stuff like that, dude, without having to get torn off your body? I mean, there really you wasn't feel a lot pissed to off. it. <laughs> <laughs> you feel pissed off. First, first of all, I mean, that was, the, that was like the motivation, you know? I mean, like, yeah, I was... The idea is that I should be able to do whatever the hell I want and you should be able to walk the F out if you don't like it. Mm. Right, Beth? That's what I always say. You go to a, no, if you go to a show, mm-hmm. let's say it's a play. And let's say you walked in, Beth, and uh, you and Johnny Electric thought this was going to be a high-class production. And it turns out that it's some sort of, you know, just sort of it's thrown freak together show. freak show. It wasn't what you expected. Do you sit there and throw things at the performers on stage? I would never do that. Do you shout things out? No. It's inappropriate. How do you show your dislike for the for the what's going on? You stand up, walk the heck out, and you walk out. Okay, and right, and that's simple enough. So when people would start harassing me or whatever, I didn't take kindly to that. They were, that, that's why, and that's kind of, I guess, why I got, and JJ was, in, well, I, I found that interesting, JJ's observation, it was pretty, uh, it was actually really intelligent, and in retrospect, I realized that he said, D was very upset by what was going on in Washington, this was just the same thing that was going on my whole life, people saying, mm-hmm. you can't do that, and I'll say, you don't like it, leave, but if you're going to stand here and give me crap, I want to kick your ass. And you can go tell your mom and dad about it, okay? Who beat you up? The guy in the stockings, okay? As if some big queen beat you up, all right? And then, and the same one, and that was all of a sudden Washington. He was someone saying, you can't do that. And I was like, let's go. But he was right. That was a situation you can't win. Right. You can't beat the press. You can't beat Washington. It's just too much, you know? And, and certainly people did not rally, you know, stand behind me. And, and support me there. So, uh, yeah, Dark Side. Those, uh, well, you know, Suzette made very sturdy outfits, yeah. actually. Yeah. No, seriously, seriously. Like, even like the one legged uh, stocking outfit, you know, uh-huh. we would, I would like have to, <laughs> I would like stretch and move around and make sure that things were in place and were secure because you never knew when you had to do battle and the outfit had to be battle worthy. Um, Al, Al from Waterbury is on the phone. Hey, Al, it's D. Good morning, D. How you doing? I'm doing good, man. You saw the behind the music? Uh, no, actually, I didn't catch it, but I was listening to, uh, you know, you're talking about your background. Right. I, I'm, 30, I'm 39 years old, and, uh, D, I got to tell you, I saw you years back at the Agora Ballroom in New Haven, okay? Okay, yeah. And I used to see the area, you know, the regular bands that were going on, you know, Ted Newton and everything. And when I saw you at the Agora Ballroom, man, you rocked that place like never before uh, i told you beth <laughs> and i believe you. you i you know you were you were so intense i mean i remember the chain link fence in front of the the stage and these people would get so you would get them in such a frenzy they'd be throwing beer bottles at, at this chain link fence and, and you would be up there rocking it like yeah you know the f word yeah and just, <laughs> the place would go mental and you know what the all this thing about the costumes I think that nobody even noticed your costumes. That's how much you rock, dude. Well, you know, the costumes were there to... to, to yeah, we're just trying to create... Thanks, Al. Just, just trying to... I don't know. Just, just make something that was different, you know? People were walking into a bar. We didn't want to look like everybody else. See, but Linda from Shelton. Linda from Shelton, you walked out on one of my shows? Yeah, I was. 
Um, it was in Norwalk. Um, oh, I don't know, a long time ago. I think I was in college. Fair enough. Right? That's a normal thing, though, right? You yeah. walked in, you didn't like it, and you left. It's as simple as that. I like the show. It's just that I was standing right in front of you, and then I was like, all right, I've had enough. But, you <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes I feel that way. I remember Norwalk. Was that the Night Owl? Was that uh, place yeah, called the, the Night Owl Cafe? God, see, I remember that place. Yeah. yeah, see, but that's the way it works. It's it's that simple. Thank you, Linda. You just, you don't like it. You walk out. Tim from Dallas? Tim. Hey, D. What are you doing up here? Oh, nothing much. I used to listen to you uh, in Springfield driving into work every morning. Oh, okay. I saw, behind the, I saw behind the music last night. Are you in Dallas right now? Yeah, I'm in Dallas right now. Oh, well, welcome. So, oh, so you just took a shot and decided to call in? Yeah, I figured I'd try and call in, tell you I saw the uh, show last night, and I uh, can't believe the type of stuff that you had to go through. What did you get out of it, though? I'm, that's what I'm trying to figure out is what did, you know, like, people get out of, uh, out of the show? What do they walk away with from there? <laughs> to be honest with you, I, I, know, I don't know. I know that you had a tough, you know, a tough, a tough time getting, getting your fans to, uh, to appreciate what you went through, but, uh, I mean... Well, I don't really know. I mean, it, it, well, that was it. I mean, that's what I more than anything because there's so many people have this perception because, you know, we were around for a few years once we, you know, once we achieved stardom and then we were gone and then people sort of had this idea that it was like some sort of you know, Johnny come. I don't know, Johnny come lately, but basically, you know, it was put together and you you, you had a couple songs and you leave and it wasn't that easy. It was like we were on forever, man. We were ah, we killed ourselves. That's cool that you called in, Tim. How's things down there in Dallas? Things are all right. When are you guys going to get syndicated down here? Well, it's uh, it's hap it's coming, bro. So you watch. Just tell them to get ready for D Snyder Radio down there. All right, Howard's getting old. We need some D down here. Okay, well, um, D's ready to go, so uh, we're, we're putting that together. Thanks for the call, man. I appreciate it. <laughs> Nick, well, you know, so I mean, here you are. You're, you're going through a lot of stuff in your life. You're 27 yeah. years old. Yeah, going to be 28 in a couple of months. Mm-hmm. Uh, getting close to 30. Yeah. Uh, middle age coming. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, I mean, but, you know, when you saw Twisted to Break, mm -hmm. I was 30 years old. Yeah. I just, I was 29. I turned 30 during the Stay Hungry tour. Right. I mean, so, I mean, why, it was, is it tough for you to be objective? You know, uh, to work with me day you know in and day out? I, um... I watched it at Rookies last night, and I watched it closely. I mean, like I said, everybody was quiet in the bar watching this thing. And then on the way on the way home, I stopped by the studio and I picked up the tape again. And I'm like, I gotta watch this again. And I thought in the end it was more about you than the band. You know what I mean? Um, you know, all bands, you know, have the background. They got to struggle to make it and stuff. But I, you have this drive in you. Like, if you have your mind set on doing something, like you said, lead, follower, get the F out of the way. And uh, I think that's carried over to almost everything. And you've kind of sacrificed some things along the way. Um, but <laughs> like I, <laughs> uh, my dignity? <laughs> But um, I, I was impressed, and I, I got to give it to Suzette. I don't know how she stuck with you, man. I don't know how she stuck with you. Because yeah, she's next in line for sainthood. No offense. <laughs> yeah. She was having, she, she having a lot more trouble 
you know, like she said some things when we've been talking about it and and watching it, and uh, it wasn't easy on her at all. And I and I'm I'm realizing that more and more now. You know that these things are kind of coming out, and and she was like. And I, she goes, that's my my life we're looking at right there. And even though it wasn't about her or didn't talk about her, she was there for every single step. So she, And, of course, she made the costumes and stuff, but it was more than that. She could relate to that time and that time and where we were and what was going on and how tough it was. She was, she was really um, kind of shaken by the whole thing in an odd way. Even though she didn't think it was bad or whatever, it was just... And rehash some stuff that all wasn't that uh, that maybe weren't really good memories, mm. you know. And that's why when I look back on us on the stuff, when I look back and I say, "Man, I one thing I miss is being that in the zone, that focused on something, to be that crazed." I was out of my mind. I remember, and I'm seeing, I'm going, you man, I was on fire. Every effing night I came out there with flames shooting out of my ass. And for the right reasons, Dark Side, not the ones that you have. <laughs> Very different flames. But I mean, and when I perform now, and people see me and they go, wow, he's great performer, he's a great performer. It's different. There's that obsession with something, being that driven, and I see it. And I was, it's just, it's something to behold. I mean, and I was sitting there watching it going, man, I was fired up. And I wonder if people picked up on that. Jay from New Britain's on the phone. Jay, what'd you think? Hey, man, I actually liked it. I'll tell you what, though. I, you don't understand when you listen to you on the radio how much you really went through going through your life. And uh, being, you know, in my young 20s with a new family, it was actually kind of uh, motivating for me to watch it mm. because it's like, Jeez, if this guy can do it, and look where he came from and where he went to, it was like, all right, man. And then, uh, you know, just listening to how the band members reacted to you, and it really was all about you. I mean, you were like the leading, you know, the, the point behind the, their whole success. So it's good to see you here, and I uh, hope we have you for a while here. Well, that's, Jay, that's cool to say. I, I would like that. I mean, that's why Suzette was like, you told them about... When you were working answering phones at that place for five bucks and, and all, and I said, "Yeah, I told him." She said, "Why would you tell him that? That's embarrassing." I said, "I'm not ashamed." I said, "I did what I had to do, and you know, it was tough as hell. It's easy to talk about it though when you've come out of it, but I, but also, I kind of hoped. Uh, thanks for the call, Jay. I kind of hoped that uh, people like Jay would look at it and go, "Hey, man, that's that is inspirational." It is, isn't it? I mean, it should be. And I don't want people to sit there and go, wow, D, you are something else. I want people more to say, hey, man, if you could do it, I could do it. Mm -hmm. And not just music. Whatever it is you're doing, whatever you, whatever you really want, or, and no matter how tough things are, and how, you know, that if you just freaking pick yourself up and just put one foot in front of the other, that, you know, you can get the hell out of it, too. If you just get need some motivation, and, and I was hoping people, some people would get motivated by it. We got a break, don't we? Yeah, you know, we're, we're done with this for now. A lot of people on the phones, and and uh, a lot of phone calls, and, and and I appreciate it. And I'm sure we'll probably get into this a little more tomorrow. Something. I mean, I've got so much mail. Thank you. I'm, I hope you liked it. Um, and again, it was been really tough for me to be objective to the whole thing. Uh, I know that I've inspired Dark Side. Luther already made the calls. Moonchild's reuniting. <laughs> we gave up too soon, dudes. 
We we'll gave up too soon. <laughs> okay. Uh, we're going to take a break, come back, and it'll finally be time for some damn news. Beth Lockwood. Anything interesting going on out there? More shark attacks in Florida. Also, a warning, snoring may ruin your life. I believe we have at least one expert in the room here. Gladiator School opened up in Rome for people who might be interested. <laughs> Don't say sit your ass down. <laughs> Guy who attacks the Cookie Monster heads to court. Also, movies over the weekend. Some surprises, some not so surprising results. Also, more on Marilyn Manson. You might remember he was arrested last week. Yeah, for, for letting, wearing, well, I should say, wearing, he was a hat for somebody, yeah. basically, yeah. And there's been a vote on who is the all-time favorite TV father. I'll tell you who won in that poll. I'm hoping one day to be the all-time favorite radio father. <laughs> That's my new goal. All right, taking a break, coming back. The news is next, and we'll be giving something away because we are the givers. Oh, my God. Are we giving away voices of metal tickets? That's right, too. Yeah. <gasps> Vince Neil, Stephen Piercy, Rat, all, and, and, and Vixen? Switchboard's going to crash. Woo! <laughs> You know Nick just slipped a pair out for himself there. <laughs> so uh, we'll be back with that and more on D-Sounder Radio. It's Radio 104. We've got a problem there. It needs to be cleaned out. Hey, D, what's up, man? This is Mike Lestay. Good morning, sunshine. My peeps are here. D-D-D, I'm in your corner. I can see that. Radio 104. And now back to D-Snyder Radio. On Radio 104. Oh, man. My reaction's all screwed up because it's behind the music thing. There was so much behind the music reaction that it's kind of, you know, turned into a big pile of crap. But that's okay. That's okay. I'll get through it. Uh, let's see. Tomorrow on D-Sound Radio, it's hypothetically dot, 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 dot. That's where you send us your hypothetical situation, and you have thought of some good ones. I've thought of some real good ones. I really enjoyed, you know, two beds, four of us in a room. <laughs> You're not in there. Who sleeps with who? I like that one. A lot. It was some, some really good ones. Anyway, send them to Captain Howdy at clearchannel.com. You, you set up a hypothetical situa situation, and we address it, all of us. We sort of run it around the circle here. So, One other thing. You just heard the commercial about it. Believe it or not, the voices of metal are here. Believe it or not. <laughs> if the Glam Slam Metal Jam wasn't enough to float your boat... Or give you an appetite for more. An appetite for destruction, <laughs> maybe. <laughs> oh. You want to check out Vince Neil, Rat with Stephen Piercy, or Stephen Piercy's Rat, as they like to call it, Slaughter and Vixen, all appearing this Friday, August 24th at the ctnow.com Meadows Music Theater. My God! Unfortunately, I don't... Think I'm going to be able to attend? Ugh. Yeah, I because I'm going to be going uh, to Minnesota to do another <laughs> '80s appearance. Actually, it's a House of Hair thing. House of Hair is huge out there, 
So I'm going out to do an appearance at this big uh, farm festival or something. It's a country fair, whatever it is. State fair. Okay. But if you're calling number 10 right now at 860-666-4444, you will win a pair of tickets to the Voices of Metal tour. It's got to be good. It's got to be great. Metal, it's crap! And you know Nick's going to be down there. Oh, yeah. Fired up. Wearing his old rat tee. Which yeah. fits perfectly. <laughs> I'm going to bring my rat vinyl copy of Out of the Cellar there and have Stephen Piercy sign that for me. That would be so cool. Uh, it's everything it fits you perfectly. All right, I've got no reaction right now because my reaction's totally disjointed, but that's okay because we've got news. Beth, I'm so excited. Just do your thing. Oh, I had to hit the button. I'm sorry, yeah, Beth. <laughs> well, dorms are going upscale at UConn. The on-campus hilltop apartments now have private rooms. Each student gets a dishwasher, washer and dryer, air conditioning, and a refrigerator. Officials at UConn say all 330 rooms were snapped up in the first 16 hours they were offered. Students do pay extra, though, for the luxury digs. The new dorm apartments cost about 7000 bucks a year, twice the rate of a traditional double room. Wow, excuse me. Hamina, 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 hamina. Wow. Kids are pampered. Pampered. That is a lot of bread. Yeah. That is a lot of bread, but that's a nice room, boy. That is choice. How's that compared to the room you had? Uh, well, it was about eight by ten. <laughs> there were two people in it, and you had desks. That was all they gave you, desks and a bunk bed. <laughs> that's it? Yeah, no air conditioning. No <laughs> air conditioning, you had some a, air conditioning. You had to sleep in a bunk bed? Or well, I had the bottom bunk, but yeah. <laughs> that's what most dorms are bunk beds, right, Nick? Yeah, I had three people in my room freshman year. <laughs> I remember they, sure they taped Nick in his bunk bed. <laughs> yeah, they did that too. I think, I think the no air conditioning is good. It promotes, especially in a co-ed dorm, promotes less clothing. <laughs> <laughs> yes, my when you're hot and sweaty sitting there in your bra and panties, Beth, I'm sure you were quite a sight. <laughs> oh my God, stop that, Dick. Oh, Mike from Guilford won the Voices of Metal tickets. And you know what? We forgot a traffic update from Psycho Dan. Psycho. Oh, sorry, Psycho. No problem, guys. It's actually very quiet out there. 84 east and west both look good. 91 north and south also delay-free coming into the city. Route 2 is a smooth ride. 91 south into New Haven. No problems there. Traveling on 95 south. Still a little bit of steady traffic going from exit 50 leading up to the Q Bridge. Not bad after that. Route 8 is a smooth ride. At 847, I'm Psycho Dan with this Modern Rec Report on Radio 104. Pharmacist Robert Courtney will be asking a judge in Kansas City, Missouri today to free him on bail. Courtney is charged with watering down drugs for cancer patients. His lawyer says the pharmacist will plead innocent. And being a scumbag, mm. they're going uh, to find a new thing, a new charge for him. What a piece of crap. Yeah. See, the people are interviewing people who found out that their medication was watered down and they're just like horrified. This is one of those stories that people get so calloused to news that nowadays you hear things and nothing really shocks you anymore, but everybody I know who heard this story, I talked about it with a lot of people, this is shocking. People are finally shocked by a news story. Like You can't imagine somebody would do this. Uh, if, there are many, many illegal things to do to make money, <laughs> but few more heinous. I mean, of course, robbing people at gunpoint, that's not good either. But, but I mean, you know, sell, he's a druggist. Sell drugs. 
Yeah. You know what I mean? I mean, at least you're not like depriving people of medication that they need to make the money. Because some people want to get high. Hey, man, I'm a druggist. You're going to do some illegal, sell them some drugs. They want it. They're happy. It's not that, you know what I mean? It's abusing the system, but it's not like you're, you're these people were unwilling participants. Preying upon cancer patients. Oh, God. God, this guy's just, you know what? You know, so, you know, you can walk free because, dude, you are burning. Oh, yeah. So bad. There's a special place, what do they say? There's a special place in hell for people like that. Well, experts say don't blame the sharks for the six weekend attacks off the beaches in Florida's Volusia County. They say the attacks happened because sharks were looking for fish in the same water where a surfing competition was going on. All six victims over the weekend will be okay. But it does seem like every day you turn on the news or listen to the news here at Snyder Radio, there's another shark attack. I am very interested in the shark thing. I always and am. And there's a lot going on. I've been dying to talk to a friend of mine. I've told you about him. His name's Hans Walters. He works at the New York Aquarium. He's in charge of the shark tank. And he's getting his thesis, uh, his master's in, in, in shark research. And he's been diving in the waters uh, around this area, tagging sharks, going down... He's been really knowledgeable, and I, it was all going. It's been going on lately. I've been dying to talk to him, and I gave. We got his phone number. Nick, you got him on the phone yet? Yeah, he's all, he's all set. He's on the hotline. Great, you pick up, uh, pick his phone up. Everybody, please welcome my buddy Hans Walters to the show. Hans. Hey, D. How you doing, man? I'm doing good. Okay, Beth, this is Hans. Hi, Hans. I'm gonna give you. I'm gonna give you a little history on Hans, so you know. Hans was a singer in a band called the Z Toys uh, from Florida originally, and actually, they did a little. They got a little claim to fame in that. You remember back in the '80s that uh, MTV had the amateur rock video contest. Mm -hmm. Do you guys remember that at all? When they when people made their own videos, they, the winner would get a record deal. Well, Hans's band, the Z Toys. What do you guys come in second? Yeah, we we came in first in the in the regionals, and then in the finals we came in second. We lost by one point, but we won't get into that. Well, they, we were a great band, and they came up to the New York area, and I tried to do what I could to help them get a deal and stuff like that. And anyway, Hans and I became friends, and Hans at the time was working part time. Uh, it, you were you work at the at the uh, Bronx Zoo at one point. Right. He was. It was. I mean, I don't know. What What are your credentials, Hans? Well, I, I was in Miami originally to, to become a marine biologist, and, and uh, at the time when I got out of school, I had trouble getting a job. It was uh, during the time of Reaganomics, and, uh, and uh, they weren't paying biologists to do much work, so I decided, you know, rather than risk, risk uh, an uncertain future as a uh, marine biologist, I thought I'd go into something stable like a rock and roll band. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, it was a lot of fun, I, I, you know, and, but the rock and roll is what brought me to New York, and uh, I need to feed myself. I, could, I couldn't really uh, pay the bills, you know, taking a little tiny job, so I had to get a pretty good job. So I started working as a biologist in New York to, to, as a day job, and it kind of stuck. You see what's, what's going on here? You recognize it? First of all, Hans is a great... That's all I have you on the show. He's got a great voice. He's a great singer and front man. And look at the thing in common. Intelligent front men become friends. See, I, I find my own. I found my own kind. So, Hans, I'm, I was telling him how you work at the New York Aquarium and you're, you're in charge of the shark thing over there. Yeah. And you're getting your master's uh, in shark, and you're doing a whole study with the sharks. What are you doing right now with that? Well, 
That's correct. Yeah, I'm I'm out at Hofstra University in Long Island, um, getting a master's in biology. My my specialty, you're correct, is is sharks. Um, ever since I was a kid, I was really into sharks. I just thought they were cool, and. Uh, Actually, for my master's thesis, I'm studying sand tiger sharks, which is a pretty large shark that uh, that comes up here uh, in the summertime, hangs out, and eats uh, eats uh, small schools of fish. And, and in people? the wintertime, we think they go back down south. Uh, Snowbirds. So, you know? um, so I've been dying to call you up to ask you about all this shark activity. You're down in Florida, where you used to live, and what's going on? I mean, best done a few stories about people in the Daytona area being bitten, and then there was this schools of sharks that have been spotted in the Gulf of Mexico. Beth, I don't know if you saw the yeah. news story on that. What's going on down there? Well, there's a lot going on, but I, I wonder, you know, I, the, the concern is that shark attacks are on the rise because there's more sharks in the water, and I don't, I don't believe that's the case. I really think it's more a function of that there's more people in the water. Mm-hmm. There's more people to begin with, and there's more people taking vacations and going into the water. And uh, with, you know, we live in the, the uh, era of everything now, you know. Uh, electronic information has, has reached new heights. So I think we're hearing about it more. Stuff that was more local stories uh, have become more worldwide news. And the fact that Two of the shark attacks that occurred this summer were really sensational. They were really, uh, really very dramatic stories, the stuff of Hollywood. I, I think that's what's increased public awareness of sharks and shark attacks, more than See, the fact that there's more sharks around. Ask Hans. That totally, first of all, I lived in Florida for a while, Beth. Florida has one of the, mo- the fastest increasing populations in the country. That state is growing faster than, than just about any other uh, state. So more people, more people swimming, more people, more accidents. Right. I mean, it's, it, you know, it's interesting, guys. If you look at and you can do this, you can go online and, inter- and access the international shark attack file. Just type in that as a keyword or ISAF, and, and uh, you can get all the statistics. And the risk of shark attack is incredibly low worldwide. There are less than 100 shark attacks a year, and if you contrast that number, 100 people, with how many people go to, say, Jones Beach on any given day in the summertime, that alone shows you how insignificant the risk is. But then you look at the statistics of where the most attacks occur, and that's interesting, too. And really, Florida leads the nation and the world in the number of reported shark attacks a year. But once again, you've got to go back to, to why, the statistics on why. Uh, Florida is, the water is warmer, the, the, the air is warmer in Florida than it is anywhere else in our country for longer. It draws not only the local people to the beach, but throngs of tourists. And it's also, you know, it's a, it's a media center. So anything that happens is going to get reported. Is there anything you can do, Hans, if you do find yourself near some kind of killer shark? Are you supposed to try to poke it in the eye? Well, you know, when people ask... <laughs> I'm that, sorry, I'm laughing. <laughs> I'm just picturing you poking a shark in the eye. <laughs> you poke it anywhere you can poke it to get out. The eyes are a good idea and mm-hmm. the gills are a good idea. You know, the, the thing is, if it's... A, most attacks... And the ones I, I think that occurred this past weekend in Daytona, although I haven't 
heard everything about it. Based on a lot of what I've heard this year about attacks in that area, where Daytona's located is in an area that, for whatever reason, there are a lot of schools of fish aggregate to eat. And when little fish come somewhere to eat, the bigger fish come to eat them. And it sounds to me like the attacks on the surfers were more a case of these guys falling off the mm -hmm. surfboard or dangling off the surfboard, and the shark was eating the fish in the area. And, and some of those sharks, the way that they eat, they swim up through schools of fish in a corkscrew fashion, and they, they open their mouth and they slash at these little fish. And, you know, people's arms and legs kind of get in the way. So stay away from big schools of fish is yeah, good advice. Yeah, I mean, and, you know, that, that's, that's not as easy as it seems, but, mm -hmm. you know, you, you can use some common sense. Like, like, I mean, they saw the sharks in Daytona apparently on Friday and Saturday, and they're pushing them away. Yeah. Well, obviously these are not man-eating sharks. These are sharks in the area for some other reason. Maybe that was not the day to have the surfing competition. Well, they said that yeah, they, went they, they went back exactly. in. They went back in after people got attacked. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and, and, yes, the risk of shark attack is small, but you increase the risk when you insist on getting in the water with, you know, a, a medium to large-sized animal with really sharp teeth. So. <laughs> what, what about the idea of bringing a heavy person with you as, like, sort of a diversion? Well, you know, that, that would depend on, on the shark, you know. <laughs> because if that's the, the case... going to prefer, you know, you'll have to ask them. Sean, who works on the show, and he's got a lot of tattoos, he's kind of colorful as well, so I thought maybe he'd be good to bring along to the beach. Hey, this, um, I wanted to ask you uh, quickly about these schools of sharks that they're spotting in the Gulf of Mexico. What's up with that? Isn't that like completely unlike them? I heard they were just migrating. Yeah, they may have, they may have been migrating. Mm -hmm. They may have been moving from one place to the other. I think what everybody, including the folks that study them, find unusual is... When sharks gather, they either gather in a place to feed or they gather in a place to mate or they move in a, in a group to migrate. And this was unusual because I heard there were up to four different kinds of sharks in this aggregation of sharks. So that in itself is unusual. Different, different types of sharks don't usually travel together or hang out together unless they're, they're brought together artificially. Like, you know, you see these stories where people jump, dump, you know, chum and, and unused fish parts overboard. So you were like, were you like dying to get down there to check that out? I mean, all this. Yeah, it would have been pretty cool. I would have liked to have seen it. <laughs> I, I got to say one last thing, man, about this kid. Remember the kid who got his, his uncle wrestled the shark? Yeah. You and I were talking about that, and you had your suspicions about the truth behind that story. Did yeah, you see I, I that letter? Was, I, no, I think it was very true. I think when we talked, I hadn't heard the whole thing. I thought it was pretty amazing, though. The guy must have been pretty testosterone-filled and pretty adrenaline-filled to pull a seven-foot bull shark out of the water, because that's a big animal. You know, when we had to move, we had to move our sharks from the exhibit where they live into a temporary holding area, and it was a, it was a wrestling match, you know? Um, <laughs> Like a I'm sorry, that just strikes me as funny. <laughs> yeah. I mean, just fighting with a shark. But did you see, Beth and I both got a forwarded email online, which is the truth of, supposedly, quote-unquote, the truth of what was going on down there and the why you haven't seen this guy speaking to the press. Have, yeah, you, have I, you seen that well, by any chance? I, I've heard it, and before you talk about it, I've a, a few people that have spoken to me about that have said that 
this is one maybe may very well be one of those urban myths. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. The, 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 if for the folks that are listening, there's an email circulating saying that that the uncle or somebody was was fishing in the area and had landed this shark, and uh, every the family jumped in the water to see it, and the shark. Uh, Kind of fought back, <laughs> but so I it's don't, like an a- I the email says it was reflected as an act of stupidity, not an act of heroism, basically. Oh, but is but is does my version of the story what what you guys read or no? Yes, yes. that's exactly the email we read. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, and I guess that would you know, but I I have no reason to believe or disbelieve that story. So you I, haven't heard I anything saw the different. Same email you guys saw, and. Um, when I got it, I got it from another person who studies sharks, and I actually spoke to uh, another shark expert here on Long Island last night. I was I was uh, watching Shark Week yeah. at his house, and and we all who wasn't? Hey, dude, did you see the VH1 behind the music? I didn't. I I, I went over there watched Shark Week, had a few too many margaritas, and, and stumbled home. And uh, it's actually what I think it'll be on the music on Twisted. Oh my Twist. god, I missed it. I gotta get it's going to be on Tuesday. It'll be on Tuesday. I'll come over to your house the next time that's on. <laughs> I, everybody, I got to get cable. You, I don't have cable. I'm are you, just you, here in the Stone Age. You have a real shark tank where you work. You, who needs it? Who needs cable? You got a shark tank. Hey, Hans, are you a doctor of uh, no, I'm, a, I'm a mister, and and after I get my master's degree in about a year, I'll be a mister with a with a with a few more brains, I guess. Okay, well, I'm going to call you Doctor Hans anyway. Uh, everybody, my my marine biologist friend who works with the sharks at the New York Aquarium, and he's doing a whole thesis on it. Hey, Hans, thanks a lot for talking to us, man. I'll talk to you soon. Okay. All right, dude. It's great to hear from you guys. All right, bye-bye. Bye-bye. Hey, Beth, let's just take a quick break. Sure. We'll come back, and we'll get right back into news. Uh, tons more stories, plenty to talk about. We're just going to do this thing with Beth Lockwood. Okay, and coming coming up soon. I mean, you've been hearing about my Behind the Music. Dark Side Dave has a Behind the Music. Moonchild. Behind the Nose. Uh, it's a story about some of the bigger noses <laughs> in, in, our, in the world. Uh, and it's going to be a bit of a surprise. The first Behind the Nose. It's going to blow you away. Honestly, it will. So, but that's not next. That's coming on D-Snyder Radio. Behind the Nose. <laughs> <laughs> uh, formerly called Behind the Tree. Uh, all right, stick around for more D-Side Radio. News continues when we return. This is Radio 104. It's too far gone. WMRQ, Waterbury, Hartford. I offended. He has a name. You call him by his name. D. Snyder Radio. Got it. Transportation provided by Peter Van Buslin. There's, there's something. Radio 104. Now back to D. Snyder. This is the privilege and responsibility we share. On Ray 104. Wednesday on D. Snyder Radio, it's Sagan Zivas Psycho Dance Game Show. And on the road with Mudbone, we'll be back again as the summer comes to a close. Don't want to rush it. Still got a couple of weeks, but it is winding down, that's for sure. And by the way, speaking of the summer winding down, there's only a short more time. <laughs> not a good sentence. Short amount of time left uh, that you can register to win my CDU. It's until September 3rd. The Snyders got it for the summer. 
but I'm giving it up on September 6th to one lucky listener. Register to win at the following locations. Land and Sea Marine in Waterbury, where I purchased this fine vehicle. Uh, see the owners, Bob and Phil. It says Bob or Phil. I guess maybe they're both not there at the same time. But say hello to the guys. And you can also register at Humphreys East in New Haven and Humphreys West in Westbrook. This is a 2001 Sea-Doo GS two-seater, worth seven grand. Comes with a trailer. It is awesome. Do register. You can win it, man. I mean, I've got the Sea-Doo for the summer, but register now and you can make it yours forever. Right on? Right on. Well, with that said, it is time now to return to the news. Well, some bad news to you. A new survey shows snoring is ruining couples' sex lives, causing fights, and even leading people to contemplate breaking up. A study done in England showed one in four cohabiting couples said their sex lives have been ruined by snoring, while more than half blamed it for causing arguments. One in ten of the 1,000 couples who were interviewed for their survey said snoring made them consider breaking up. According to the survey, snoring led 80% of the couples to sleeping separately, and 40% thought snoring adversely affected their relationships. Noise of snoring was likened to listening to a pregnant rhinoceros, a chainsaw, and as one respondent called it, hell. Was that Mrs. Wallace? (laughs) No, it was Mrs. Snyder. (laughs) I'll tell you, I guess my wife is a saint when it comes to that. For the most part, except for the occasional punch in the shoulder. But, uh, you know, but I guess it's just it's so many other issues mm-hmm. she's dealing with. It's just, <laughs> you know, it just falls down low on, on the totem pole as far as, you know, issues. But, you know, as if it's not tough enough. And for us snorers, it's not like we want to. We know it's not the most attractive quality in a man. Especially if you get the drool coming out the side of the mouth and your head sticking to the pillow. <laughs> The reason it's killing people's sex lives is because you look like a, a cretin. <laughs> who wants to have sex with you after they've seen you looking like that? Nobody. That's who. <laughs> I'll tell you right now. It's a bitch. Is your dad snore for, you know that for a fact, Dark Side? Yeah, he's had his bouts with snoring. <laughs> the house awake on many a night. He knows Does the he's size really of the nose have anything to do with how loud the snore is? I don't know. Well, he went in for surgery one time for the deviated septum, figuring that may cure it. And um, I don't know. I moved out shortly thereafter, but uh, <laughs> it, it was pretty rough. It was like a sound tunnel, almost. No, you know, not ragging on him or nothing, but yeah, it was pretty bad. Some mornings, <laughs> Mister Wallace wakes up and the comforter is in his nostril. <laughs> 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 well, a school in Rome is teaching wannabe gladiators how to become warriors. Students don armor and are taught how to use a sword and shield during the two-month course. They not will, a- will not actually fight or harm each other in other gladiatorial contests, but learn about the camaraderie and lifestyle of the fighters from 2,000 years ago. Students awesome. take on ancient Roman names and listen to what passes for ancient Roman music, the soundtrack from the Russell Crowe film Gladiator. <laughs> <laughs> what fun is that if nobody gets hurt or anything? <laughs> I mean, you know, I mean, how do you know you won? Well, maybe they... Like fencing, the little buzzer goes off. Oh, okay. Except when you use like a, like a battle axe, you hit somebody in the head, it's blunt or something like that. <laughs> With a mace. Hey, hey, Nick. 
Yes. You can even have, like, you go there, I hear they give you, like, a Roman name and everything. Mm-hmm. Like, you'd be Fagus Among Us. <laughs> that would be your What's Roman that? name. Yeah. <laughs> That's cool. <laughs> hey, that will give me the edge I need. <laughs> Thank you. A suspected drug dealer in Boston thought he had a really good idea and chewed off his fingertips to stop police getting his fingerprints. Francisco Sanchez needed to be hospitalized for treatment after the attempt to hide his identity. Police say it was a poor effort by the 21-year-old who only succeeded in leaving his fingers a bloody mess. Can't take prints like that. Oh my you, God. you can't take your prints off like that, they say, but it, you know, it does make it a little more difficult to get them. I guess you really have to basically take off the whole finger because fingerprints really go down pretty far. He may have advanced illusionary schizophrenia <laughs> with involuntary narcissistic rage, but he is a very gentle person. That reminds me of Seven. Did you see Seven, Beth? No. You never saw Seven? No, I hear such horror stories about it. Plus, you guys have told me the ending of it already. Beth, the movie is... It's Kevin Spacey, man. The Academy Award. I know, I you like won an Academy Award for that? It was outrageous. Dawson, you've seen it, right? Oh, that's an awesome movie. When he comes in and he's he slices his fingertips, his his prints off with a razor blade continually. It's serial killer, right? Yeah. I don't and really like those kind there. of movies. They scare me too much. Detective, I believe you're looking for me. He's standing with his hands outspread and all of his fingertips are all bloody or bandaged. Just a flesh wound. Yeah, man, that was sick. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, back to you, Beth. A Maryland man has appeared in court accused of assaulting the Cookie Monster. You may remember Lee Was McFadder. it a Maryland man's son, <laughs> or was it a Maryland man? A Maryland man. <laughs> he admitted to lightly pushing the female theme park employee inside of the costume. Oh, However, that guy? Yeah, you may remember this guy accused of assaulting the Cookie Monster. Yeah. Yeah, he says that he didn't attack her. It's just that he saw the Cookie Monster nudge his three-year-old daughter, and so he lightly pushed her away. Meantime, she was treated for a strained neck and for bruising to her ribs. Bystanders claim the Cookie Monster was knocked to the ground and kicked seven times about the head and neck. Oh, this this guy deserves a liar if ever anybody deserved a liar. So this case will continue. Liar! You feel shame. This is like, this, that's... Close to the guy with the dog. Same kind of, you know, rage-filled idiot that the world's better off without. Maybe I could sick Mendoza on him. (laughs) 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 Movies over the weekend. For the first time in 10 weeks, a movie has retained the number one spot for two consecutive weeks, and that is American Pie 2, bringing in another $21.4 million over the weekend for a total of 87.6, two weeks running. It's not that big a deal that they were two weeks in a row. Everybody's this summer, a big it's been fuss rare. About it. Well, but also their numbers dropped just like for that movie, like every mm-hmm. other movie dropped. They dropped fifty three percent, and that's what all the movies have been doing. And I mean, it made. Tw- I mean, I'm saying it's not doing well. Trust me. You know, I mean, it's, I mean I'm saying it's did great, but only reason it stayed at number one, Rush Hour stayed at number two. Uh, like uh, the uh, all the movies were the same. All the top four or five stayed the same, is because that Nicolas Cage movie stinks. Yeah. So the second, like you said, was Rush Hour two. Then Rat Race opened in third with almost twelve million dollars. Oh, that moved up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
The Others was in fourth, bringing another 10.8. That's pretty respectable. Princess Diaries in fifth. And coming in sixth, opening with $7.1 million, is Captain Corelli's Mandolin. He sounds like Chico Marx on those, <laughs> on those ads, doesn't he? Hey, yeah. what's the matter for you? <laughs> <laughs> That's an Italian accent. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I saw some article that said the accent was really poor. It's like, why bother? Who's buying it anyway? <laughs> He's not speaking Italian. That's so stupid. I don't, uh, I don't know. I'm not interested in it either. I, the scenes don't do anything for me, but I, they spend a lot to publicize that. Every time I turn on the TV, I'm hearing, you think you can come in here and just change my whole life? I mean, every yeah, time. Yes, yes. Uh, let me change my clothes. Um... Actually, yeah, no kidding. That, that wasn't the soundtrack. That's it's a bomb. <laughs> I called it. You I did. called it weeks ago. I told you this is just going to go nowhere. This thing's going to stink mm -hmm. on ice. And it just shows you people, and thank God for that, not just going to show up for a movie because there's an actor or actress in it they like, except for Sean, obviously. That goes without saying when it comes to uh, old what's-her-name. Nicole Kidman. Uh, yeah, he'll see anything with her in it. But the fact is, and I love Nicolas Cage, and I will see a movie about him, but the coming attractions at least have to look interesting. <laughs> what the hell is that smell? <laughs> <laughs> it's coming from the script. It stinks. Number seven was Planet of the Apes, and then you called this one, too, coming in number eight with $4.8 million American Outlaws. I believe you said on Friday, Woo! does anybody need... Another Western movie right now. The answer <laughs> yeah, is clearly such no. A demand. <laughs> such a demand for Westerns at this point. No kidding. Then Jurassic Park 3 and Legally Blonde. And speaking of Captain Crowley's mandolin, there's this rumor being floated around that the coupling of Tom Cruise and Penelope Cruise, who's in that movie, is just a publicity stunt. They're both represented by the same agency, and the word flying around is that they aren't really in love, it's just... This is old school Hollywood where they used to hook up couples for publicity and that's what they're saying is being done. You know, you know Tom Cruise, he needs publicity because not many people have heard of him. I know, that's the only part of the, <laughs> the theory that is fatally flawed is that who needs less publicity than Hoo Tom Cruise? Exactly. I mean, maybe if she wants to amp up her, you know, you know, the, mm -hmm. the attention that she's getting. I can see that being leaked out. Who did that a while ago? Somebody leaked out a relationship that they were having. Um, oh, um, yes, I can remember. But, that, but sometimes, you know, when it's a really famous mm -hmm. person, that, that real famous person does not need the extra hype. It's mm -hmm. maybe the, the star lit. But... Who cares? Oh, God. I guess people do care. They do. They love that stuff. Yep. Marilyn Manson is lashing out at the sex charge against him, insisting prosecutors are using trumped-up allegations to throw him in jail. He said, quote, this is nothing more than yet another attempt to run Marilyn Manson into the ground. He said this on his website. He said they've done it before, and they're going to keep doing it until the day I die. Last week, he was arrested for sexually assaulting a male security guard during his concert in Michigan on July 30th. Naked except for a G-string, Manson allegedly wrapped himself around Joshua Kiesler, rubbing his genitals on the guard's head and neck, which fans thought was part of his show. So this did happen up on stage. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I really do like Marilyn Manson, though. But that's what, that's so what the guard probably figures. I didn't sign on for this. Yes, I know. I don't want to wear Marilyn Manson as a hat. 
I don't know. He's got a skeevy body, yeah. too. He's creepy. He's really creepy. It's cool. It's cool, creepy, but I mean, I, really, like I said, I really enjoy his antics. But, I mean, if it was a climb on my head, I wouldn't be pleased. <laughs> no. I feel a lot of love in this room. I'd really be displeased. Yeah. I don't know what's... I was looking at one of my son's CDs, and I think it was for Lunchbox, the single. This is a while ago. And I opened up the CD package, and he's laying there nude. <laughs> totally with nude? His, with his... Yep, with his, with his penis tucked between his legs. Whoa. And with all lipstick smeared on his face, and it's just doesn't have a really good body. <laughs> Not a traditionally attractive man. And I'm like, hello. Where's the beef? And you were upset with me with my straps I and know. stuff, Dark Side. Somebody's fabulous. Uh, well, from strange to stranger. You may remember Fabrice Morvan as one half of the not singing duo Millie Vanilli. Oh, yeah. Well, the one he, is the dead or alive? Well, the alive one. Okay. He has a new job, and what he is doing is... It's answering phones <laughs> and riding his bicycle to work? No, that would be a step up. He is the MC in a karaoke mobile shower stall event. <laughs> oh, user. Man, oh man! He emcees the shows in which fans are invited to jump in the shower and then buy a video of their performances. The creator said, "We asked ourselves who in the music community sings, but is almost in a position to make fun of themselves." Fabrice immediately came to mind. He's currently also recording a solo album with his own singing voice. Well, you know what? Take everything. So what he what what he does is he shows the audience how it's done and climbs in the shower and then hopefully this will be coming to a town close by we can check it out. I've been a bad bad girl, yeah, real bad girl, real bad girl. Cause I've been with a delicate man. Actual audio of Nick in the shower. <laughs> Do you have him warming up with the Star Spangled Banner when he's practicing that day? I, th I think we have tape on that somewhere. I mean, Sean's oh, getting all kinds of. Oh, <laughs> acoustics in the shower. Great. By the dawn's <laughs> early light. All right. That's the idea. Okay, well, Biography Magazine asked their readers to vote on their all-time favorite TV dad. I have the top oh. three, oh, oh, and I'll guess? let you give, give some guesses. How's that? All-time favorite TV dad? Mm -hmm. Who was asked? Readers of Biography Magazine. Okay, that's an older crowd. Ward Cleaver. No, I'll bet that he came in there, but he's not in the top three. <sighs> okay. Go ahead, Dark Side. Andy Mike. Griffith. That's that's uh, that's uh, really good because he came in number two. How'd yeah. you how'd you guess him out of everybody? Nick at night last night that really? Andy Griffith marathon. All right, yeah, he, he came he in was number nice. two. Sheriff Andy Taylor. Yeah. yeah, he had a kind of ruffle rumple your head kind of dad. Mm -hmm. You come in, how you doing, Opie? And you rumble that. How about Mike Brady? No, no, Mike Brady. <laughs> how about Robert? What's his name? Father knows best. Um, mm -mm. no, no. 
Nick, you got any thoughts? No, I can't think of any. I mean, I think you like Archie the Bunker. <laughs> no, <laughs> Homer Simpson. <laughs> no, no. Coming in number three is the cause. Bill Cosby as oh, Dr. Heathcliff Huxtable. Okay. And voted number one all-time TV dad is Michael Landon's character on Little House on the Prairie. Voted the perfect father because he's kind and resourceful. Remember Laura when she would need a penny oh, yes. to go down to the store? Yes. Well, certainly not talking about Michael Landon in real life. <laughs> but yes, he was, he was kind and mm-hmm. he was resourceful. Always liked Michael Landon. A couple other things. Angelina Jolie says it looks like a done deal. She is confirming that she will star in a Tomb Raider sequel. Hoo-ah! Expected to be out by next summer. She says it looks like it's going to happen. They're writing another one, and I am going to be Lara Croft again. She expects it to be voters, much, much voters, better. Voters. Well, it's, yeah, she expects it to be It doesn't take much. That one thing stunk on ice, the little first one. And it made money just because of all the hype and stuff like that. Very nice disappointing. Beaver. We'll see what you think about you this know, well, movie. That didn't hurt. <laughs> <laughs> Looks oh, like, by the way, yeah. I saw, I actually saw the real Angelina Jolie that I've been telling you about. We had a block party in my, in my community. And remember I told you one of the neighbors had a baby and they named her Angelina Jolie? Right. I saw the baby. It's tough to keep a straight face when the mother introduced and said, this is my baby, Angelina Jolie. <laughs> I don't. I still see how you can name yourself after a person who's like that. That's like naming your kid. This is my son, Nick Lentino. <laughs> Nick Lentino. Mrs. Lentino still has a tough time. <laughs> well, the matchup of Hollywood's most infamous horror movie villains might just be happening. Finally, who are they? You ask. Well, it's Freddy versus. Jason. Jason. I've been in planning for years. Well, apparently they're finally getting around to it. Robert England said he's been trying to remain patient as delays continue and continue, but apparently New Line Cinema has approved a script. And so it won't be long now. I mean, when Robert worked with me on my movie, he was, after that, he was going for makeup. I mean, they were, you know, weeks of makeup preparation and stuff like that. I mean, it was in pre-production. And then it got pulled again. Do you want to see that dark side? Uh, Freddy versus Jason? No, no. It seems no. really... It seems hokey. Yeah. I'm not... I mean, you know, the first Friday the 13th, the first Nightmare on Elm Street, those are cool and all, but eh, the two of them together, that's hokey. It's yeah. almost like Godzilla versus Mothra. Well, what's going to happen? Jason's going to fall asleep Which is a very good movie, by the way. <laughs> so, so you think Captain Howdy versus Space Ghost is like a bad thing that I'm working on? <laughs> Space Ghost... <laughs> Is a good guy, isn't he? Yeah, yeah. Okay. So it's, a, it's a whole thing. It's a, it's a big versus. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so one's got to be the good one. See, because actually, I think um, Freddy comes across as kind of the good one in this one in this movie. There's always got to be one uh-huh. character, one of the, even a bad guy versus bad guy. You got to root for somebody. And Jason is is just completely. Nothing. He's, he's void of any emotion, void well, of any character. They're both he's, troubled. I mean, Jason, he's he's, 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 <laughs> really? he's the bastard son of a thousand maniacs, right? So no, he's that's got, Freddy. That's Freddy? Yeah, Freddy was the one oh, that's who Freddy. The, the nun got right. raped. So he has that working against him. And then Jason, didn't he die at summer camp? Um, yes, well, that he was damage? kind of deformed. It started weird, because the first one, it was his mother. 
who was wearing the mask. Because her son and, died, right? Yes, and, and she was freaked out. But then at the end, this little kid with a deformed head came out from under the water, and suddenly, somewhere along the way, he blew up into this <laughs> Mendoza-esque character <laughs> with a hockey mask. I'll tell you a versus we hear at Radio 104 like to see. Todd Thomas versus Dave Hill. <laughs> Boy, I'd like pay money to see that. <laughs> He's so cool. The brawl to settle it all. <laughs> <laughs> well, finally, an Indiana mother says she hopes people will boycott the upcoming Disney comedy Bubble Boy. This is about a boy who has no immune defenses and has to live in a bubble. The mother says the movie pokes fun at the disease that killed her two children. Jennifer Davidson says the movie is a great injustice to her children's memory and says she has a hard time understanding why you'd make a comedy of something serious like that, saying they don't make comedies about cancer or AIDS. Well, it did seem a tad insensitive for the Disney organization when I saw the commercial of the guy rolling down a hill. And getting hit by a bus. I tell you, I was left scratching my head thinking, God, I... I thought that was a really pretty awful disease, at least the movie I saw about John Travolta when I was a kid. But I think that Seinfeld really is to yeah. blame for this. Yeah, I think Seinfeld sort of ignited mm-hmm. that bubble boy, the, the nasty boy in the bubble. And they made him a jerk. <laughs> they made him a real jerk. <laughs> Cheater. Moops. <laughs> yeah, right. exactly. <laughs> Baltimore over the Red Sox 13-7 yesterday. Seattle beats the Yankees 10-2. Mets get a win over Los Angeles 6-5. Showers, thunderstorms, possibly heavy at times in some areas this morning. A high around 80. Tonight, clouds 65 and tomorrow, partly sunny 85. Currently, 65 at 929. Oh, okay. Taking a break. Come back. Got some more reaction to Behind the Music. Also to Nick at the fair. The Wilkie Country Fair. He was there this weekend, and it sounded like it was a real scene, man. Yeah, it was a scene, all right. It was a scene. Did you run into that black belt in karate that was looking for you, by the Come way? Come on, squeal! Squeal! No, no black belts, I don't think, that I can remember. Uh, okay, so uh, <laughs> no black belts? Because I remember they said that they, you know, they were concerned for your well-being. Yeah. Eric and Waterbury had said that, so. Okay, well, stick around. Get us some uh, D-mail in just a bit. When we return with more D-Snyder Radio, this is Radio 104. Hey, how you doing? It's D. D D-Snyder Radio. Hi, this is Scott Weiland and DeLeo of STP. Hey, this is Louise from Rue de This is Claire with 7 and we're jamming out. D-Snyder Radio. For a higher purpose. On Radio 104. Speaking of getting nuts. Now back to D-Snyder Radio. I'm very fired up. On Radio 104. Okay, you know, the Euro, more and more of them popping up on the roadways. Where you look, you're starting to see Euros. Okay, that's an exaggeration. I apologize for that. But that's my hope. That's my dream. I've got a vision, Beth. And if you learned anything from the behind the music, it's on all week, by the way. We should post the schedule because I know Tuesday night it's going to be on. It's, you know, it's one of those things that's ongoing. But if you learned anything, is that I don't stop till I get things the way I want them. It may take me a while. It may take me a ridiculously long amount of time, but I get what I want. My girl, my girlfriend, my wife, then girlfriend, was repulsed by me. <laughs> we are married. We've been together 25 years. We have four children. She's not going anywhere. You hear me? 
<laughs> it took 10 long years, but my band made it. The show, it's going to the coast if I have to drag it, kick it, and screaming. And every car in this effing state is going to have a D-Euro sticker. So if my advice to you is just put it on your car now and save yourselves a lot of aggravation. If Suzette had caved in, she could have saved a few years of just, just kicking and screaming. She just cave earlier. It was inevitable. Do you get my point? Now listen to this great story. Really quick story, D. Strange but true. I was at a red light on a downward slope on a hill in Cheshire. The car in the lane next to me had a mul- had multiple D Euros on the side window. I decided I would meet this fellow peep. However, in my haste to get out of the car before the light turned green, I forgot to put the parking brake on. <laughs> I ran in front of my car and was surprised to see it rolling towards me. I grill it out of the way. Except for my foot, which got run over by the tire. I yelled to my little brother, Goo, to pull the brake, and he did. So, yes, it's true. No, I didn't get to talk to that peep. Early 90s Bronco 2. And, yes, my foot still hurts. That's all for now. Spark best from Cheshire. All right, not the best story. How many euro doesn't make you stupid? That's, that's completely independent of the euro sticker, <laughs> right, Beth? Definitely. Uh, see? Uh, and now, where can you get a euro? Go to radio104.com, click on the D, D euro icon, and you'll find 83 locations or 83 plus locations. Here are the latest to be added to our little family, our network. In Ansonia, Family Laundry. And these aren't the only locations, people. These are the new ones. In Brantford, Brantford Hobbies and Strategic Environmental Solutions. In Clinton, Aragoni Detailing, LLC. In Danbury, find them at Gateway Country and H&D Automotive. In New Britain, Sherwin-Williams Paint Stores has them. And in New Haven, find them at Ted's Auto Center and Westville Gourmet. In stores, they're at Bird Dog Liquors. In Trumbull, at Lake and Main Service Center. In Vernon, they're at We Are Wireless. And in Wallingford, our newest location at Cobra Automotive. Say hi to Lee over there. In Waterbury, their town plot, spirit shop, and skate the planet. And in Watertown at Depot Squares, Wine and Liquors, and Cavello's Italian Specialty Shop. In West Hartford, they're at the Rocket Coop and in Agawam Mass at Country Jeep. In Amherst, Master at Mailboxes, etc. And in Sag Harbor, Long Island at Tight Line Tackle. Okay, get one on your car now. Save yourself a lot of aggravation. Well, some reaction to uh, Nick. Being over at the Woolcott Fair, people are very excited. Here we go. People write to me at Captain Howdy at clearchannel.com. Simple? Yes. Dean and the crew, the family and I all went to the Woolcott Fair on Saturday to see Nick. I'd like to know how his back feels after the body slam he took in the wrestling ring. <laughs> The Woolkit women were happy to see him get the slam, and I, for one, am satisfied with his punishment. <laughs> I have to say Nick was very gracious, and even though I think the Mandels were a poor ch- shoe choice for the Muddy Fairgrounds, <laughs> he signed a sticker for my kids. Uh, I'm glad that Nick came to the fair and hope that your station will continue to attend events that we can bring the kids to. Love the show. Rock on. Girlfriend in Woolkit, Michelle Fred Saul. Sometimes you have to go with fashion over function, right, Nick? Uh, yeah, but I realized as soon as I got there, I made a huge mistake. I mean, there was crap everywhere. <laughs> what do we got to do with those mandals that you stop wearing them? Rip them off your feet and throw know, them in somebody, an incinerator? I mean, it's weird because I got a comment on my feet this weekend, and one chick who was 
really attractive told me that she really liked my feet. And then a lot of people are just like, what's up with the mandals? I'm like, leave me alone about my shoe choice, you know? Is that why you're saying they smell? Is because of... The stuff that was on the ground at the fair? I thought it was just because your feet smell. Uh, well, no, it's a combination. I mean, my feet oh. smell, and it's gone into to the sandals, but my car still smells from this fair. I mean, it still smells like cow crap. We continue. <sighs> Price at the gate for my girlfriend and myself, $10. The amount of money it cost me to win that stuffed animal for my girlfriend, $15. The amount of money I spent on deep fried food, $20. The cost to get my truck out of the impound because the Wolcott police didn't like my choice of parking spots, $72. Seeing Nick get body slammed, priceless. Eric from Waterbury. Yeah, I ran into him there. He seemed to enjoy that. Man, the country fair is an expensive night, even without getting your car towed. Oh, yeah. Certainly is. Certainly is. Who says Hicks don't have money? And here's the last letter on the subject comes from Roachman, who says, D, was at the Redneck Fair Saturday when that rest, when the wrestling started, they all came out. Rednecks everywhere. Even watching Nick get body slammed wasn't enough to overcome the smell of cow crap and very large women wearing stupid hats and screaming to get in the ring to kill Nick. <laughs> they were screaming? Uh, yeah. Yeah, some people are pretty angry. <laughs> Dude, that blood. must have been surreal. I was. I show up there and these people are, I told you before, they're waiting for me at the gate. They're flagging me in. We have like 300 people standing around the 104 tent waiting for me. And then aside from that, the whole wrestling ring, bleachers of people screaming at me, yelling at me, telling me I suck. And then there are people cheering for me. And then there are people throwing stuff at me. I'm out there with midgets. I'm getting body, body slammed. <laughs> I'm hanging out with Brutus the Barber Beefcake taking oh, Polaroids. Doing? He's doing all right. <laughs> <laughs> like, He's working the Wilkins Fair, so. I was like, yeah, I work with D. Snyder. I was just like, do you want to say hello to you? He goes, okay. <laughs> and I was like, <laughs> it was, it was Brutus, really Brutus, you stole your whole act it from me. What are you talking totally about? totally surreal. Yeah, you're right. That's a good word for it. It was effed up. It was a fun time, though. It was a fun time. Well, the letter continues. Says it was so bad that he had to leave during intermission for the fear someone we know would possibly see them. <laughs> he was afraid of being seen there. The only bright spot was the good looking blonde Nick showed up with. By the way, Nick, I don't think you're supposed to wear mandals in a wrestling ring. Mm. From Co. From Roachman. So who was the uh, blonde? I didn't show up with a blonde, but I was there talking to uh, one of our uh, salespeople. Trish was there. Oh, okay. She's a good-looking oh. blonde. And then I told you about the girl that I was contemplating having sex with, sleeping with. She was another was blonde, too. That wasn't Trish, but oh. there was another blonde there. And then, like, I just kind of shoved her aside as, I, as the smell got worse there. <laughs> All right. Well, we got a few more letters here uh, on the Behind the Music. D, just want to let you know how much we enjoyed watching Twisted Sister Behind the Music. I do have a question about one of your stage outfits in the early days. You know, the one with the studded crisscross black belt. Where did you put everything? <laughs> Def Lep Gal. Should I tell him? I told Darkside to put his mind at ease. Should I tell him? Yeah, I think he should. Relax, everybody. Okay, just calm the F down. Suzette made that out for me. It was connected to a flesh-colored bodysuit. 
whole bodysuit that went down to the ankles and to the wrists and up to the neck. And all that stuff was connected so the junk wouldn't fall out. You can't, well, actually, you'd literally be rocking out with your cock out if I wore that without the bodysuit connected to it. So, no, so Dark Side suddenly felt better. He's not going to get turned gay by hanging out with me. Uh, as Prophet says, had a great time at Rookies. The peeps took the place over. Did you say that's a fair assessment, Dark Side? Uh, definitely. Absolutely. <clears throat> and he says, and Rookies put on a bountiful feast for us. Thank you, Rookies. Behind the music was awesome. Those fangs of yours were outrageous. Sign the Prophet. Uh, Clark's brother writes, Thankfully, I was able to attend the 104 party at Rookies for the unveiling of Twisted Sister behind the music. I must say, that was one heck of a story. Incredible highs and excruciating lows. Yeah, tell me about it, Clark. There were some valuable lessons learned from watching the show as well. These are, D is not afraid of automatic weapons. <laughs> right on. I told you I fired an automatic weapon, Dark Side. You like that? Yeah, that was cool. That was a though. sweet ride, that yeah. Uzi. Two, it became quite obvious by your choice of costumes where the phrase, D's nuts comes from. Good point. Three, always watch out because you never know when the experiment is going to fly. <laughs> <laughs> and number four, Sarah and Jessica Parker ain't got nothing on D. And most important of all, five, never call a Hell's Angels an a-hole. Yes, good safety tip, people. Good safety tip. Uh, well, apparently, let's see. Uh, yeah, uh, Joe Rock was upset by my outfit as well. <laughs> and the last letter I will read is from Pierce Jeep. Who said, uh, D, I just got home, had a few, several messages from friends saying they saw your VH1 Behind the Music special. Had a great time with the peeps at Rookies. D, when they showed the picture of you in the leather strap outfit with your schlongster barely contained, <laughs> Mad Kidda and Howie the Man screamed out in terror, Sweet Jesus, tear out my eyes! Oh, <laughs> <laughs> well, they were overreacting a little bit, people. Just everybody relax, okay? <laughs> thought I was kidding you, for God's sakes. P.S. Darkside and Nick do, did an outstanding job. I have new respect for them. They know what I mean. They are excellent PR people for you. They treat your fans awesome. Signed, Pierce Jeep. Nice Thank job, you, guys. you guys. Good Thank work. Right Good work. Okay. That's it for today. Captain Howdy. At clearchannel.com. That's the address you need to jot down. Keep it handy in case you ever want to say anything. Preferably positive, but if you want to say something negative, like the person who wrote into me is a true fan who told me at length I should get off myself, and please don't ban her. I'm not going to ban you, but I'm not going to get over myself either. So, not soon. Not anytime soon. She says, I'm talking too much about Twisted. It's a little difficult not to. In fairness to me, I mean, it's it's fairly, it's a reasonably uh, big thing to have a behind the music done on your band, have a tribute album come out. It's kind of a tough time to uh, to avoid it. Sort of couldn't if I wanted to, really. Okay? All right, uh, let's see. I'm taking a break. What we learned today is next. Give me a call, 860-666-4444. And if we like what you learned... You win an old school D Snyder Radio prize pack. It's got a D Snyder Radio t-shirt in there and whatnot, so you'll be happy. Call now. Join the party. This is D Snyder Radio, baby. It's Radio 104. D Snyder Radio. You'll make it yours as well. Call D now. 666-4444. That's the whole idea. Radio 104. We have a very special guest.
guest for you tonight. Now back to D. Snyder Radio. Hope you enjoy this. So stick around on Radio. We got any sponsors here? What we learned today is next, by the way, people. So uh, we're on our way out. This show's almost over. Call us now, 860-666-4444. Darkside. It's brought to you by Ricardo's Music Center, East Hartford, West Hartford, East Windsor, and now in the shops at 30 Plaza in Vernon. Everybody. What we learned, what we learned, what we learned today. What we learned, what we learned, what we learned today. Let's talk to Alyssa from Woolkit. Oh, Woolkit girl. How are you, Alyssa? Uh, fine. It's Melissa. I apologize for the idiots working on the phone. <laughs> Alyssa, did you see Did you see Nick get his ass kicked at the Woolkit Country Fair? Uh, yeah, I did. And I actually felt kind of bad for him. Aww, that's what, nice. what was going on there from your view? Was it was like people, a lot of screaming and yelling and it was um, ugly? Yeah, well, the people behind me were pretty obnoxious and they were saying, you suck and everything, but <laughs> I didn't participate in that. <laughs> well, that was nice, Melissa. Even in spite of the nasty things he said about Woolkit Girls? Yeah, yeah. I'm not originally from Woolkit, so I... I <laughs> it would be okay it. if you were. It's a nice town. <laughs> <laughs> See, this is the way... The way when, someone, when an idiot says something, an overgeneralization about anybody, it's like you look at me, you're an idiot. I'm not going to acknowledge that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> not, I mean, you say all Woolkit girls are whores or something <laughs> like that. What kind of stupid no, statement actually, is that? Yeah, I actually thought Nick was pretty charming. Uh, he stuck around and he took the time out to talk to me and my son and he patted my son on the head. He thought that was pretty cool. <laughs> charming, Nick. Mm. <laughs> you are just too much, Nick. So is that what you learned or did you learn something else? Um... Uh, yeah, I did. I, I never knew Nick could be, you know, so human. <laughs> <laughs> more? Would you say he was more human than human? Uh, okay. <laughs> more human than... Hold on a second. Look at that. Look at that, Nick. You are charming. People meet you. They're totally disarmed. <laughs> you come across as a much bigger, dumber guy than you are in real life. Thank you, dear. See, uh, all right, let's go to Beth Longwood. Mm. Beth, what did you learn, Beth? Well, I learned whether it's a band that sold millions of records or a band that didn't get out of the clubs in New Britain, it's not all glory behind the music. It's tough times, tough times, tough times behind yeah, Twisted Sister, side. behind Moonchild, strife, yeah. fighting, drugs, yeah, dissension. I there was two bases <laughs> in one child. That's almost spinal tap, for God's sakes. Yeah. Uh, let's talk to MJ from Middletown. Good morning, MJ. Good morning, guys. How are you? We're doing good. So what did you learn today, MJ? I learned really this morning from Nick that uh, Sean likes to beat more than just his meat. Ooh. <laughs> what is the other thing you like to beat? I, I, I missed that. What was his that? Chest. Yeah, his oh, chest. Oh, his chest. Right. Yeah, and you know what I have to say to Sean, uh, well, MJ's on the phone, Sean, don't get any ideas from Manson, okay? Start climbing on security's head and wrapping your legs yeah, around his face that's, and stuff. That's like, it's kind of old school. That's, yeah, that's pretty cool. Yeah, we don't want you any ideas there. All right. Ugh. Okay, and in earlier when you guys weren't here, he asked if I still had that suit with the straps. 
I think you might want to. I don't want to lend that to you. It's a little too revealing. D, but I want to. Can I have some of like your old costumes and stuff? Oh my god! I'm sorry. Fit. No, you might explode them. <laughs> uh, Dark Side Dave, what did you learn? <laughs> yeah. You are, bro. I learned there is life after the music industry, D. Uh, your proof of that, obviously, going from uh, that to radio, and now the dude from Millie Vanilli, Mobile Karaoke. Yeah, Mobile Shower shower Karaoke. That's good stuff right there. And how about you? From uh, Moonchild to MRQ. Yeah, this is true. See, more proof. More proof. There is right. life after rock and roll. Let's talk to Jeff from Ivoryton. Jeff, good morning. Good morning, D. How you doing? I'm doing great, buddy. So what'd you learn today? Well, I learned early this morning from you that it's too bad your mom didn't gain Swiss citizenship because instead of being Captain Howdy, you could have been the Swiss Miss. <laughs> <laughs> Would have been a very different movie, Jeff. Very different film. Hold on a second. With Coco and kooky craziness. Ah, Nick, 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 Nick. What'd you learn, bro? Well, D, I learned that uh, (laughs) you um, you've toned it down a bit. I mean, there's still flashes from back in the day, and I think I've felt those more so than some other people (laughs) around here. And uh, it is frightening, and I see that some of the guys in your band still have some scars from that. And I think it's pretty cool that you know someday I'm gonna those scars will still be there for <laughs> for me. So <laughs> thank you for that, D. It's been quite a so. I mean, you experience. feel like akin to them that they've been scarred. Yeah, I I mean you were a really angry guy, but like I said, you know, like you said, lead follower, get the f out of the way, and I think that you know. That will should be here, you know, on the radio business side of it as well, a little bit. You know, oh, I yeah, think huh? people are starting to understand that now about you. It's not a joke. No, it's not. <laughs> it's not Very a joke. Serious. It's not a suggestion. Just you know? because of all the makeup and pretty clothes. It's <laughs> not a joke. Yeah. They're, 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 they're getting the joke. Um, you know what I learned? My buddy Hans Walters called in. He's the guy who's uh, the shark expert. Kept using the word aggregation instead of congregation. I was wondering what the difference is. I got my my dictionary, my Merriam-Webster's dictionary here, and it says aggregation is a group, body, or mass composed of many distinct parts or individuals. So they must. He was referring to the uh, school of sharks as an aggregation. It must be a school. It's considered one collective group. And that it's made up of many parts. You don't you don't hear that term used when it's a group of people. An aggregation is that just for some reason slipped through the cracks on me, Beth? You knew I what that meant. I didn't really I didn't really think of it at the time. He didn't pick up on it because he, he said it repeatedly. The aggregation, an aggregation of sharks, it was interesting. All right, Sean, read them and weep. What do we got? All right. First off, Melissa from Wolcott learned that Nick is actually human. MJ from Middletown learned that I like to beat more than just my meat. And finally, Jeff from Ivoryton learned that, D, it's too bad you didn't get Swiss citizenship because instead of Captain Howdy, you'd be the Swiss miss. 
Well, I, I think can't we even know. understand what Hello? he says through all the sound effects. <laughs> no, he barely speaks English. I, I, I'm feeling Jeff. You okay. feeling Jeff? Sure. Yeah, the, the Swiss Miss. Yeah. Right on, Jeff. You got the prize pack, buddy. Thanks a lot, man. Uh, well done, my friend. Uh, I can I can laugh at jokes at my expense. I'm that kind of guy. <laughs> Hold on a second, Jeff. Melissa, nicely played. MJ, another time. Keep listening, girls. But we got to go. All right, tomorrow on D-Sider Radio. It's the D-Sider Radio Family Feud. Still time to head over to Radio104.com. Go to our part of the website. Seek out the peeps, Paul and answer the questions. Okay, the survey questions for tomorrow's show. Also, part two, Moonchild, behind the music. Everybody wants to know what's going to happen next. And last but not least, uh, hypothetically, that's where you send your hypothetical situations to us, to Captain Audi at clearchannel.com. And we... Uh, you know, run them around the group. We talk about it, converse about it. Interesting conversation comes from it. That's it. Had a great day. Can't wait for tomorrow. See you, everybody. This is D-Sider Radio. It is Radio 104.